Sorry, I'm trying to figure out what the hell Rick's doing. <laughs> he got a new toy, so he's been playing with it. And yeah, huh? What? You're such a child. Oh my god. Itty. Jenga is back once again. Josh, you're not coming? I yeah, I'm thinking Josh Damn, isn't coming. He said something about a fever earlier. He's got a flu 2.0. Flu 2.0. He said it would be flu game. Flu 2.0. <laughs> Corey Lay. Corey Lay. Corey Lay. Nehemiah. Kansas City. Speedos. Speedos. You saw the the link to the meeting. Yeah. I think he's not coming. I think uh, inevitably we're going to have to pull a wall. Okay. Sorry, my but mic's you're... not even on, Tony. I apologize. We're running so late. It's been a fucked up night. Oh, good. I uh, I purposely did not make my coffee with, until I knew that we were coming on because I knew <laughs> that we had a couple backlogged and then you guys were doing your thing. And then Josh said that he wasn't feeling great. And I was like, if I drink coffee and then everyone's like, we're going to we're going to hold off on this week. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm going to sit for three hours. <laughs> stare at the wall <laughs> until the caffeine goes through my system. <laughs> I like it. Oh, look, I could probably set it up because this was the time lapse. It doesn't look too bad. I just don't know how we get it closer. We just need something to set it on. I mean, we could move that thing closer. That thing is so fucking heavy. It is. Fuck that. Yeah. Well, we'll just use tonight as a testing night to kind of see how it looks. So we know that works. Well, we can play with this some more yeah. once we get off the pod and stuff. But like the motion on this. Yeah, it's super smooth. So he bought this thing. What's it called? It's, it's called a, a gimbal. Yeah, I bought a gimbal yeah. for the phone. Um, cause she said she wanted to start doing like promo and video and I'm like, well, fuck dude, if like, we, we need one of those and cause the tripod's yeah. going to be so static, it's going to get boring and real quick. So I got this gimbal and it was like 150 bucks, but it's like the top rated one. It's a, the IGN 04. So I don't fucking know, but it was on Amazon. It had a lot of five-star ratings. So I was like, cool. It's that got one. letters it, and numbers and a lot of ratings. And a lot of good, cool it, shit. So. And it's got uh, instructions in about 90 different languages, you know, so it's, Until you know, it's top of the line. Yeah. I mean, if it's going to every country, why is it not good enough for me? You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's always, a, yeah, it's, a, it, it's a good starting point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a good starting point. Well, I'm a, I'm a review snob. This is what it really is. Like, I don't want a perfect five-star rating. I need some shit in there because people are just assholes. Yeah. But yeah. I need like a solid 4.8 with like 500 reviews minimum. I get like, I get really lucky with these headphones uh, because Sarah had wanted to give me a pair of wireless headphones because if I'm out mowing the lawn or like shoveling or anything like that, I don't necessarily want to deal with a cord. Mm-hmm. Um but I also don't want beats. Like I don't, I don't have, I don't have a need for something that's like that top of the line or that yeah. price point. I just need something that's wireless and preferably noise canceling. And these ones were like they're MPOW, and I had never heard of it, but it had a lot of ratings. Pick them up. They're fantastic. They've got an additional noise cancellation button, so like they're already noise canceling. But you can push the button, and it sort of completely blocks everything out so yeah. even if i'm yeah. not listening to anything i can turn it on and it'll dampen everything around me um 
they're not available on Amazon anymore because they were part of like there was oh, a, there were a whole lot of like fake reviews and things like that that were going around with a couple of companies for headphones. Yeah. And these guys were one of them, so they're not available on Amazon anymore. Oh. But they're quite possibly the best headphones that I've ever purchased. Well, that doesn't sound like a fake review. No, that doesn't. Um, <laughs> no. I'm making it I'm making a debate if I'm going to go run to the garage real quick to grab that fucking bar stool and set the tr- the fucking gimbal on the tripod on that to do the time lapse. You can try that if you want to. But what about the lighting issue? I I turned it down. That's why I was doing uh, checking the camera on it. Sorry, Tony. Give me one second. That's why I was checking the camera to see if there was too much flare coming off of it. And once I turned down the lights, it it killed the flare. So we're good. Um, If we want to do the time lapse, I mean, we could buy Josh a couple extra minutes. I don't know. Go for it. It's up to you, bro. You're the one that it's one in the morning right now. Right. (laughs) That's okay. It's going to be like, it's going to be four or four 30 by the time that we're done talking regardless. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter to me. I knew what I signed on for. Right. Fair. Fair. I'm going to run host and just kind of bullshit off whatever you guys bring up mostly, though. You know what I mean? As far as quotes, but I'll leave the conversation. So that way it's a little bit smoother and I'm not so jittery in it for you guys. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah don't, don't fuck it up for us. We worked real hard on this. Well, look, I'm going to be honest, Tony. I feel the pressure is just a little bit more because Josh isn't here. So if anyone fucks up, it's really on me because you guys don't rarely like you guys do sometimes, but rarely compared to me and Josh. Oh, wait, wait, hey, wait, wait, wait. Hey, we're equal opportunity fuck ups. And when do I fuck up? You fuck up sometimes. Tell me you don't fuck fuck up. up. I don't. I like that we went from the opposite ends of the spectrum. Karina's like, hey, I don't fuck up. And I'm like, hey, we all fuck up equally. Yeah. Nope. Nobody gets to fuck up more than everyone else. So all the guys (laughs) fuck up, but Karina doesn't is basically what it is. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I would. As always. Welcome back to the Challenge Fandom Podcast. Tonight, we're bringing you another episode of the Challenge Trash Talk Roundtable. And uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight is, are you ready for this? Are you ready? Because I'm fucking hyped. Are you guys hyped? Because I'm super hyped. Are you hyped, Karina? I'm fucking hyped. What about you, Tony? Are you fucking hyped? I'm surprised that you two are hyped because I thought that I had all of it. Well, you know what? There's enough hype to go around. That's what that's. And we're going to give it to some of the listeners. Well, and at least now they know who's on the on the on the episode tonight since you didn't, you know, tell them. That was a lot of excitement. You're bringing up old shit. I don't know why you're bringing up old shit. We're talking about new shit. Anyways, um, you know what? Josh isn't here with us tonight and he's fucking hyped. Okay, that's how much hype there is. (laughs) With that being said, since Karina so blatantly put out that I didn't do the introductions. Let me go ahead and start. Um, once again, you guys know me. If you don't, my name is Ricky Hayes sitting next to me. And with the sultry, beautiful voice is my lovely wife, oh. Karina. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> even though he seems like he's sitting right here in our living room because he's in front of us on our laptop, he's really up North in Nova Scotia. Our stat guy, our guy in the van, our Max, but really his name's Tony Lance. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I feel like, you know, we got to get like some 80s, 18 theme music anytime Tony's on. Like, 
I feel like that was surprisingly accurate to like an 80s theme, but probably not. Probably so not. Uh. guys, girls, everybody, I don't, it doesn't matter what your pronoun is tonight. What you're going to be excited about is the fact that we're talking about the most iconic moments and the most iconic quotes from the challenge. And we're not talking just all stars. We're talking everything. So we're uh, going to go through all of this. We might jump around a little bit because obviously some great quotes are tied to some phenomenal moments in the challenge history. Um, so there might be a little bit back and forth, but we're going to try to keep them separated. Um, <laughs> and we're going to start off with most iconic quotes. And uh, you know what? Because I feel like I talk a lot all the time anyways, I'm going to let someone else start off. Karina, why don't you give me one of your most iconic quotes from the challenge? Okay. (laughs) So, sorry, guys. Okay. What? That was a fuck up. I just wanted to point that out. Anyways, so let's go. (laughs) I meant meant fuck up as in like information. Oh, I was just talking about like fucking up. Just fucking up. Anyway, can you believe she actually agreed who to marry me? this guy? Yeah, like who invited this fucking guy? You did oh. seven fucking years ago. You still haven't kicked me out. So what's <laughs> up, though? Anyways, I'm sorry. Please tell me about your most okay. one of your most iconic uh, quotes. OK, so uh, the one I'm going to start with is one of my all time favorites, and it is by somebody who I'm sure is going to be named like a 100 times, probably not a 100, but um, that's going to be named a bunch when we're sitting here talking about iconic moments and quotes. And that's just because she's like one, like the freaking challenge queen of quotes. Mm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, this one is actually um, by Coral. And I want to say this was from Fresh Meat 2. And anyway, so the quote is, when I was coming on the challenge, I said to myself, Coral, you got to work on your swimming. So that I did. And let me tell you, fish I am. They don't call me Coral for nothing. And like this quote to me is like it, it was so hilarious in the moment and just the way that she delivered it in her confessional, like still to this day, I, I don't do it justice sitting here like rereading it. But it was hilarious. Fish I am. Oh, so Will anyway. I am's aquatic brother. <laughs> Distantly related to Sam I am. Anyway, so <laughs> like I said, like Coral is Coral's got a bunch of like super, super iconic and famous quotes in the challenge. But this is one that like is not named very often. So I had to make sure that I started with this one because it is one of my favorites. I like it. I like it. And uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't think this is going to be the last time we hear Coral name on uh, or the last time we hear Coral's name uh, mentioned in some of these quotes. Uh, Tony, hit me with one of your favorites. So I'm going to preface this by the fact that I adore Nelson. And I say this with love. And yes. I'm probably going to say that a couple of times tonight in regards to Nelson. Please. Um, I love multiple choice because it's a 50-50 chance I could win. <laughs> Bless his heart. Bless his I, heart. I fucking love Nelson, though, but yes. <laughs> Nelson, Nelson is, like, so pure and, like, I absolutely adore him. And anytime that I I laugh at anything that he says, it is absolutely with him, not at him. Yes. But some some of the things that he says, you just kind of have to like Uh, stare at the screen afterwards. I yeah, I yeah. Nelson is. Yeah, I just I love him so much. (laughs) Much much like Coral, I feel like Nelson will be a repeating theme in oh, this yeah. section. And look, I'm going to be honest. We don't have the audacity to leave him off of this. So Never. No. No. 
So um, I'm going to go with a little bit uh, newer one. Uh, I know a lot of fans don't like the last two seasons that were out, but I think one of the highlights has been CT's confessional. (laughs) And one of his confessionals um, was in regards to double agents. And it was when uh, I believe his name was Joseph. Is that his name? Yeah, the mustard. Mustard, yeah. Anyways, he has to go against Kyle. And uh, he ends up, he, Kyle obviously beats him in like a pole wrestle, I believe it was, or I forget the exact elimination, but CT refers to it as, uh, what, Professor, Professor Kyle kills. Uh, he says, um, he says, uh, oh God, what was it? It was me unprepared. Professor Kyle um, takes out. Yeah. So yeah, what CT says in his confessional, yeah, yeah what CT says in his confessional is that. Uh, uh, Professor Kyle takes out Colonel Mustard in the ring with a hula hoop. <laughs> and I might have a couple words off on that, but that's the general context of it. And uh, I fucking died when that happened. I mean, there might be one or two more quotable things that happened that season, but to me, that's top three. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got for that one. Um, and then since I went last, we're going to go kind of snake order like fantasy football draft. I'm going to take the first one on the second round and it's going to stay in double agents. And this is one of my personal favorites of all time um, is Wes Bergman in oh before God. this elimination against Kyle. He <laughs> tries to attack Wes and talks about how Wes is, you know, gloats about his money and how many businesses he uh, has, which he does. And he has every right to do so. Um, and Joseph says, you know, I want to uh, be kind enough to send him home to take care of his money. And Wes sits there incredibly poised and lets the whole monologue go off. And uh, once it's finished, he goes, um, well, there were uh, a lot of uh, facts thrown around here. Let's start with the first one. Yes, I am rich. <laughs> and uh, I'm obviously paraphrasing here, but it is fucking hilarious. And I like it so much that when we post this, um, I will go through and make sure on all of our social media, we post a video of when Wes says this because it's oh, one yeah. of my personal favorites. We'll, we'll make sure that we do that with a couple of these like really, really iconic quotes and yeah. moments. Um, we probably won't do videos for all of them because I have a feeling that we're going to have quite a few listed here, but we'll make sure like the big ones that we do do put out clips um, and we'll have it uh, in a highlight section on our IG page. So make sure you guys go check. In fact, where you're going to see most of these is believe it or not, join our fucking Facebook groups, go to challenge trash talk on Facebook and join. And you can interact with us as well as listen to us on the podcast. And if you don't like what we say, you can call us out in a public forum. Yeah. So, and that's where you're going to find most of these videos. So challenge trash talk on Facebook. Come find us. Yep. Um, With that being said, uh, Tony, give me another quote. Going uh, most recent season. Okay. One of my, one of my favorite rookies. I am going with Emmanuel. Pretty near the end of the season. Tensions are high. We've got a deliberation going on. If you're thinking about voting for me, don't. (laughs) Followed by direct eye contact with the entire jury. In silence. (laughs) Pure silence after that for a solid five minutes. Amazing. It was so good. Like it's it's one of those things where in comedy, when you let something linger. It's funny and then it's awkward silence. And then the only thing you can do is just like laugh again because <laughs> it's so absurd 
and everybody else was pleading their case and like high tension. And he just very simply said, if you're thinking about voting for me, don't. Don't do it. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think the funny part about this is he did something without even knowing. Uh, for those that don't know, I have a, a little bit of a sales background, but one of like the most important things they teach you in sales is you assume the clothes and then you shut the fuck up. You don't yeah. talk. You make the other person say something. And if, if you have to, you sit there for 10 minutes silent. Just don't say a fucking word. Just because that's where you lose it. Yeah, because you just talk too much. You know, you'll you'll yeah. talk yourself out of a sale. So, you know, whatever he did, he uh he I, I don't know if he intentionally did it. I'll give I'll give him E Man credit because he's a smart guy, but uh kept him out of that elimination. But yeah, that was fucking it good. did. Uh Karina, what you got for us? Okay, so uh the next one that I am gonna take, um, I wanna say this one it uh, actually I know for sure that this one is from Vendettas. Okay. Is from the first episode um when they did the Rock of Gibraltar. And I love this quote. And then I also recently heard on a podcast that PJ loves this quote. So that just makes me love it even more. And that's gonna be when uh after they completed the um the challenge for the Rock of Gibraltar and TJ told everybody to leave. Bananas turns around and yells back at him, suck my ass, TJ. And that shit killed me. Like, still, when I watched <laughs> yes. that clip, like, and TJ busts up laughing there. And then listening to him on like these, because he's been doing a bunch of podcasts, Challenge Mania, like all of this stuff. And so like just listening to him on these podcasts recently. And this is like a consistent quote that he brings up all the time. And I, I'm so here for it. I love it. <laughs> His timing and delivery on that. Like, and that's the thing is like a yep. hundred other people could have said, suck my ass, TJ. But it's the cadence and the tone and the delivery is just, it kills. It. Yeah. And that's the thing is like with some of these, like, especially the top tier guys and girls that are on the show year after year, there's a reason they're entertaining as fuck. And that's, that's the one thing I've noticed from us interviewing a lot of these, uh, these cast members is even cast members I've won and done. Um, they're still very charismatic. Oh yeah. You know, so yeah, uh, but yeah, bananas that, that one's great. Yeah. Um, Karina, since we're going in reverse order, give us another quote. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. Let's go. (laughs) This next one. I'm just going to preface this by saying that um, this is Rivals 3 Smashly. (laughs) Piss in your pants. Piss in your pants, bitch. (laughs) Fucking glorious. For anyone who doesn't remember this, she, Ashley was hooking up with Kara's cousin, Jamie, which oddly enough, it is never addressed, even though in a later season, when Ashley hooks up with Kyle, Kara freaks out and like all this stuff, but she had no problem with Ashley, like breaking Jamie's heart. So that was weird. But anyway, um, so Ashley is hooking up with Jamie and I don't know, they're all out at the club. She's freaking wasted. And she like convinces herself that she saw Jamie and Nani's cousin, Nicole, like making out in a corner or something like that. And then like, so she's sitting in the bathroom crying. Nicole comes along, tries to use the bathroom and Mashley 
flips the fuck out. Won't even let this girl come in to pee. Like, oh my God. That sounds like Meltdown Mitchell when she got the nickname. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tony, what you got? Now I'm conflicted because I don't know which one to go with. Because initially I have a back and forth between TJ and Bananas. But then I also have an Ashley quote. (laughs) I'm going to say go. Let's go back to back Ashley. Let's hear the Smashley quote. It comes from the Theo and Polly confrontation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I forgot that this quote existed, <laughs> but it is so great because it comes from the absolute peak of Theo and Polly getting in each other's faces. I think by that point, Polly may have kissed Theo. I'm not entirely sure on the exact timing, but as security is pulling them away, it cuts to a confessional with Ashley, who very simply says, I don't think it's right for security to break up true love. (laughs) Yes. I remember. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ashley's got some fire Dude, ones. She's hilarious. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't like, you know, whether or not you think she's a good competitor or whatever. And I know like right now, like the fan base is really upset with her and for very um, viable reasons. Um, but she does fire confessionals. Like you can't deny that. She is yeah. hilarious. It, all right, guys. So I, I'm horrible at this. I want to have my phone in front of me to say it exactly verbatim how the people say it. Um, unfortunately, I'm using you want my me phone. To, do you want me to grab the iPad? Uh, I charged it in case we needed an extra device tonight. That would be phenomenal. Let me grab I can get really through quick. this one and well, I'll just wait till you get back because I got to do two back like to back. Five yeah. Seconds. There was one that I was trying to find and I could not find a clip in order to like figure out either a quote from it or figure out enough of the specifics to really do it justice. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the the argument between Jay and Josh on uh, oh, Double yeah. Agents. Yeah. Josh was like, if you're not with me, you're against me. Jay's like, okay. I'm in your fucking alliance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like well, talking then- to a child. And then Jay tells him, he's like, I will step in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the most idiotic fight. And I could not like I tried so many different combinations to try to bring up a clip on YouTube, which as I'm saying this now, I realized that I could have just watched the episode um, and found it in the amount of time that it took me looking through YouTube. But right. Whatever. Okay, so Rick's turn, right? Yeah, it's my turn. So um, the one I'm going to quote, she said it a couple times. It's not just been once, but it's uh, Nani. This one in particular is going to be from Wars of Worlds 2. I believe they're all in their kind of like room. And it's a bit of an argument because I know they had those meetings right before they go into Mm -hmm. uh, voting who's going to go in. And Kara said something and Nani turned around and said, shut the fuck up, Kara. You're corny. (laughs) I just fucking love it. Like I can listen to that over and over again. And not because it's Takara, but just the way Nani says it with the New York accent, it's just solid gold. And she says it more than once throughout her challenge career to Kara. She's great, man. Nani is great. I love her. She's another one of those where like just it's one of those where like she's not even necessarily trying to be funny, but she's just like she just comes with great fucking quotes. She's funny. Yeah. And I mean, anybody who will throw their cup of noodles on somebody else is just like, you know. And that might be a segue into something here in a little (laughs) bit. Um, Um, Okay. So then do you have a second one to back that up? 
Yeah. So, and honestly, I don't want to keep going because I feel like we could sit here and talk for hours upon hours. There's a just, few more I want to make sure yeah. that I get, but. Um, and, and that's what I'm saying is like, I've only got probably three more. Um, yeah. The next one I would, uh, to me, I just, I've always fucking liked it is once again, Wes from Rivals 2. <laughs> um, when him and Bananas get into it <laughs> and he goes, you know, I've got 30 businesses, five different cars, a monster truck, a Porsche, 17 Hot Wheels, 322 Power Wheels. Uh, you're just adding yeah, shit I'm now. just adding shit now because I don't know the exact quote, but I fucking love that moment. Um, and it's just one of those that will always stick out to me. Um, that one we will absolutely post the clip since Rick just absolutely well, butchered it. Hold on. <laughs> we will post the clip. Hold on. Because <laughs> I have it and I have Let me it. see it all. Let me- no, I don't have it like on my phone. I'm just saying I have the clip. Oh, well, I'll find it real quick because <laughs> I don't want to just do that where I'm just completely butchering it. I'm sorry. I'm unprepared. No, you're good. So it's, um, it's when rivals to I think it's the final elimination before they go into the final. It was the it was the final yeah. men's elimination. They still had the the women's, women's, the women's yeah, mm-hmm. but it was a final men's. And uh, Wes and Banana start getting into it, and Bananas goes to Wes, "What do you have?" And Wes goes, "I have a BMW, a Porsche, a monster truck, a house, and thirty companies." Suck my dick. <laughs> Fuck yes, Wes. Fuck yes. I mean, look, we could have a whole show on just Wes calling Bananas a bitch. Such a bitch. <laughs> or just calling people bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those moments that always sticks with me from a really solid season. And uh, I think this is also a precursor to when the bananas West uh, rivalry really kind of went up a little bit, you know, like it almost got close to being physical there for a second. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think, I don't think any of them were ever in a position to where they were actually going to fight. Um, but I mean, they did put hands on each other. And what's funny is watching bananas shove West the way that he did. But then like knowing like if that had happened today, would he have gotten sent home? Probably. Oh, well, only I mean? if only if uh, bananas threw glass on the ground and cut Wes's <laughs> so, uh, With that being said, Tony, what's a uh, lunch? You hit us with a quote. So I will. I'll stick with Wes. Um, it's sort of like it's a moment and a quote, kind of, because it's the moment that I really, truly appreciated Wes because it was my first season. So total madness. And it's when Wes gets called into the tribunal, um, if that's what it was called that season. And he's brushing his beard the entire time. And Josh is like, I'm sure you know why we've called you in because, I mean, we've got this rivalry going back and forth. And Wes is just sitting there and he's just continually brushing his beard and he's not saying anything. And he's just (laughs) letting Josh talk. And then he just finally says, like, this isn't a thing. We aren't a thing. And just <laughs> the verbal beatdown without any change in inflection or movement from him. He stays in the exact same position. He's still got that beard brush in his hand. Yep. And he's more so just like stopped brushing and he's just stopped and he's just going at Josh. And it was a thing of beauty of like, this isn't a rivalry. I don't consider it actually. It was so well done. Um, it, and it, I will just is. tag 
I will just tag on another great West moment is when he had to streak to the end and everybody is naked at this point. And you would need sunglasses to look at Wes based on the glare that is coming off of that very, very white body. And all he basically said in his confessional was, "It's this is not a good day to be a ginger. <laughs> I do remember that. That was so funny. That whole chat, that whole daily was just hilarious, especially like the fact that they had to run back up that whole path like naked. And like not one person was going to eat that birthday cake. Those producers no. knew that. Like they weren't, they're not stupid. On top of the fact that, you know, Wes plays up to the ginger part on camera. Cause yeah. like if you watch him in Rivals to the final, he's got like fucking just bathed in suntan <laughs> lotion the whole there's fucking the, time. There's the one part where they're like leaving the after they finish the eating thing. And he's got the white, he's putting the. <laughs> and it's just like white all over his nose. Like. <laughs> so good. Oh, God, Wes is a national trip. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, uh, Karina, what do you got next for us? Um, so the next one I'm going to do, um, I mean, like you said, we could go on and on and on and on and on forever and ever with this. But I do have a few more I want to do. But I want to make sure that I get this one in because this one was actually submitted um, by one of our favorite members of the uh, of our Challenge Trash Talk group, Marvonius. So um, anyway, his quote that he submitted was actually a cam quote. I believe it was from Final Reckoning. Um, but anyway, she's sitting on the bus and she's like talking shit to Brad. And she says to him, she's like, I lost to Kara, but you lost to Natalie, Natalie. And she's like cracking the fuck up, like laughing at Brad and like making fun of him. And um, like, I completely forgot about this moment until he commented on it, like, because I had put a post up in the in the trash talk group, like, hey, you know, what do you guys, you know, what would you guys like us to hear us mention on the on the episode? And when he wrote that one down, I was like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about this moment. But it was hilarious. And you could just tell that, like, Brad was just pissed because he was just sitting there like just stone face, not blinking like he always does. Um, and just like just you could just read his body language. He was not happy. I love it. I fucking love it. Yeah. So what's another one you got for? Um, gosh, I mean, going from there, I'm going to go into uh, obviously like we can't end this session without this absolutely iconic quote by Anissa. And that is from the gauntlet and or from the gauntlet, too. And she was talking to Karin Z. <laughs> and she says, I don't need a gauntlet, bitch. I will cut you with words. And if you don't know this quote, then you have been under a rock your entire challenge fan life. Because this is one of the most well-known challenge quotes. The, one of the most like named like is when we do these polls, when we're anytime somebody's like, hey, what's your favorite challenge? quote?" This is like one of the most named uh, most named quotes quote and it's god it's been so many years since the gauntlet 2 aired and this shit still gets quoted like it we there's you almost can't get any more iconic than that other than maybe quarrel don't 
Definitely love that one. So, Tony, I'm going to jump ahead of you right here because I'm going to I figure we can all just start jumping in with stuff and just kind of play off each other if you guys want instead of like trying to go in an order and we can bust out a few more of these. Yeah. And and, and mine's Anissa. So that's why I'm going to jump in. Yeah. So this quote from Anissa is honestly, I think my favorite quote, as much as I don't need a gauntlet, I can cut you with words. Yeah. Fucking iconic. Um, And I think it is more iconic than the quote I'm about to talk about. But this is an iconic moment as well, where Anissa comes out with about three iconic quotes back to back. (laughs) And that's in uh, Rivals 2. And it's when they're sitting out on like the kind of the back patio area and they're all having a couple drinks and look like Anissa. I think she was talking to Marlon, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I'd have to rewatch it. I think you're right. She's sitting on the couch talking with Marlon. And then it was right after the night situation, if I remember correctly. Exactly. And And then Jemmy comes up. Yeah. And then uh, they're talking and Trishel is drinking and you can tell she's annoyed by Anissa. Yeah. And she makes a remark like, you know, what are you? And, you know, Anissa responds back with what the fuck? What? What point are you fucking trying to make where she just called her out and Trishel's just stumbling over her fucking words? And uh, it finally comes, you know, gets to these last two parts. And I love them. Mary. she goes, you can't fight. So it doesn't matter. Boo boo. Did I say that right? Oh, you cannot fight. So it does not matter. Boo boo. Right. Can't fight. So it does not matter. Yeah. And then the second one is. Uh, and, and my personal favorite, and I know some people are fans of her, but I don't fucking care. You are trash L, you were, and you will always be trash. And that <laughs> is one of the coldest fucking lines I've ever heard someone say oh on the channel. Oh my God, yeah. And if that would have been said to me, I would have quit the next day just like trash out did. <laughs> I mean, Trishel, sorry. Yes, Trishel. Anyways, that's that's my... Also, I just want to throw in, like, ha-has and hee-hees and all that, but um, Trishel is actually doing really good for herself. Definitely didn't um, stay with that. That always trash thing. No, no, uh, not at all. So this is all just for funds and gigs, so... (laughs) Look, it's an iconic quote. It was a really shitty situation on which it happened. Yeah. But with that being said, uh, All-Stars, they made up. They had... Their conversation and Anissa accepted her apology and felt it was very sincere. Yeah. And if it is good enough for Anissa to accept and put behind her um, and think that Trishel's evolved, I will follow suit. Um, honestly, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of her on the challenge. I liked her a lot more in real world. Um, but I'm glad to see she's had the evolution she has. She seems like she's really kind of gotten her shit together. Yeah, and, absolutely. And good for her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I'm I'm glad that they they got to talk about it and everything. And we actually got to talk to Anissa about this, um, you know, a little bit when we interviewed her. And she had said, you know, that she there was never a time when she believed that Trishel was racist um, or anything like that, you know, and and she had said that there's a really there's a there's a thin line between, you know, being racist and just being uneducated and ignorant. And that was more how she saw the situation with Trishel, um, you know, and so like there's that. I don't think that Trishel's racist or anything. I think she was just being ignorant and stupid, you know, and I'm glad that they were able to make up. That's always like that's always cool. And it's nice to see like situations and like that, you know, so totally. But um, then you go ahead. No, I, I had cat hair in my beard. Oh, OK. 
No, I was going to say, and then, you know, you have like the insane, you know, you have like really bad moments similar to that. Or I guess this wouldn't even be similar. This would be completely worse. <laughs> um, but again, another like super, super, super iconic quote in the challenge fandom. Um, and I don't even have to tell you guys who this one is. I'll smash his head and eat it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, is like, you know, like we were just talking about, like some of these really terrible moments happen in the house. And sometimes, you know, these people make up and then sometimes they don't. And as much as people would like to think that CT and Adam made up and are friends, they are not. Um, you know, they did what they had to do to get as far as they did on Rivals uh, on Rivals 1. But, you know, it, it is what it is. It just and I don't blame I don't I don't I don't blame um, Adam, you know, I mean, but I do think that CT has come a really, really long way since his, you know, his days of smashing heads and eating them. <laughs> True. I will uh, jump in with with the classic bananas moment. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had some like back and forth with my love of bananas. It sort of depends on the day. But this is one of <laughs> my favorite challenge moments, which was trivia. And it was at a point where bananas just like wasn't interested in being there anymore. Mm -hmm. And TJ asks this question. Bananas looks at him and says, I'm going to go with your mom, Tej. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's not yeah. a question. <laughs> and the silence, and I know it's editing because they talked about it when uh, TJ was on Bananas podcast where they like very clearly took a clip of TJ looking annoyed right. from another section because TJ yeah. thought it was hilarious. But TJ followed it up with incorrect. My mom doesn't even play soccer. <laughs> And then dropped I love it. it. Yeah, it dropped it right in the water. And then, like you said, they they talked about it on the recent podcast. And bananas like asked him something about, um, you know, like house or soccer or, or whatever. I don't remember what the question was, but yeah, TJ yeah. replied the same again. He's like, "She doesn't, man. I told you, she doesn't even play soccer." <laughs> <laughs> and I will continue that and sort of like stick a pin in my bananas quotes with a Devin quote from when he beat bananas Ooh. in the elimination because yeah. bananas was like really railing into him about how he was a layout throughout the entire day leading up to it. And then Devin did his rounds and was just like, I want bananas. I want to take them out. And like, I want this to be mine. And at the end of the elimination, my cat's playing with a ball behind me. Oh, That's good. the noise no that you hear. Um, so Devin beats Bananas and is like doing the laps around the course. And he yells at him, you know what's real close to a lamp? A slam dunk. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that moment. So uh, to echo that, this is my personal favorite of Bananas. It's very <laughs> short and sweet. Um, and he's referring to somebody talking that rarely talks. And he goes, wait, who put a nickel in Joss? <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite fucking oh my lines of all time oh my gosh and so then, good and then uh i think it was his intro in vendettas where he goes hi my name's johnny bananas and i like to stir pots yeah and then <laughs> i think he said in the season before that where, no that it wasn't his intro it was um when with the pink note thing that's right Remember? that's right yeah and he did, a, he did a he did a, a confessional where he was like hi my name yeah and then the other one was uh i think where he uh it was dirty 30 and when they revealed what the title of the show was when they were first meeting tj 
TJ and he goes, I like to see that we're all finally embracing stirring the pot. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, bananas has got some good ones up there. Those are just oh, what yeah. kind of pop off right off top. Bananas has got some really good ones. Um, And then, you know, kind of to circle back since we were talking about one goat, I'm going to talk about another goat and one of my favorite ones from him. Obviously, you know, the smash heads he did. It's oh, a great yeah. one. But uh, this one is from Rivals One with him and Wes. And he goes, Wes, my top or he goes, my top priority is to fuck you up, Wes. <laughs> it's just, it's such a fucking great the, line. The delivery on that yeah, line. I'm not doing justice at all. Oh my God. Nobody can do that justice. Like, I don't even think that today's CT could do that day CT justice with that line. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was just in that moment. Oh my God. It was freaking perfect. Would you mind if I take that CT one? I don't care. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. It's not going to hurt anything you're doing? Nope. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and this is going to be uh, my final CT one. I might have one more quote after this, but I'll let you guys kind of run through some of yours. Um, and this is when he actually shows up to Rivals 1 and he's partnered with uh, Adam. And he goes, Johnny's still Johnny. Kenny's still Kenny. And Evan's still Evan. But he looks pregnant now. I don't know what happened. <laughs> fucking gold. Just fucking gold. So, um, you know what? I know people think uh, CT's gameplay can be like watching paint dry those first eight episodes. But his confessionals are uh, are solid. They're there's always. Yeah, there's no complaints there. No, absolutely not. So I'll let you guys well, go back and forth on. Oh, I'm sorry. Was, go ahead. No, you're good. I was going to say I'll, I'll actually follow that up with one of my all time favorite CT quotes. Um, aside from the smash heads and eat it. I said that one just because it's legendary and it has yeah. to be listed. Um, but my personal favorite CT quote, and this one is almost never named. And so I feel like it just resonated with me in that moment. Um, but this was when CT showed up on Cutthroat for Bananas Backpack and he's doing his pre-interview and he says, they just let me out of my cage and I haven't eaten yet. And like, that's some next level shit right there. Okay. Like if I was about to go into an elimination with somebody, okay. And I overheard them saying that like to a camera knowing like other people are going to, I would probably get a little nervous. Like I'd get a little nervous. <laughs> like, oh my God, bro, he's going to kill me. Right. I like what he said uh, about bananas and that too, where he's like, bananas got a big mouth. I'm going to shut it up. And he goes, he goes, yeah, <laughs> I think it's time to shut it up. And he says, I'm yeah. looking forward to putting him in the dirt. Yeah. I fucking love it. Oh, that whole, that whole confessional is, is perfect, but that's my favorite little part there. Um, and then, you know, and then from there, I mean, <laughs> I got to throw another one of the coral ones out here I was just, gonna because, say. just because I, it, it, they haven't been been brought up yet. Um, and, you know, Josh isn't isn't here to help me round up all these like these OG kind of quotes. Um, but I have two from Coral that are one of them is really legendary. The other one, I feel like just kind of stuck with a lot of more of the OG fans anyway. So the first one, the really iconic one, obviously, is I don't wrestle. I beat bitches up. And this was <laughs> this was because uh, Julie wanted to they were having like argument and whatever. And she had offered Coral to come out into the grass and wrestle with her in front of the house just so that she's like, let's do it like the boys. You know what I mean? Let's just wrestle, get it out of our system and then stand up, hug, shake hands and move forward. Um, and Coral replied by saying, I don't wrestle. I beat bitches up. Um, and then 
<laughs> just a couple seconds later when uh, uh, I believe it was Evan. I can't remember exactly who it was, um, but he was there trying to talk uh, Coral into doing it. It wasn't Evan. I can't remember who it was, though. Anyway, and she says, um, I wear a 32 double D bra. One boob alone could kick her ass. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that one has always stuck with me. That one has always been one of my personal favorite uh, favorite quotes from Coral. Yeah, Coral's Coral's fucking top notch. Um, there's another one that I and we haven't mentioned this guy at all. And I know you love this fucking moment because you talk about all the time, Karina, and that's uh, Brad. Now it's a necklace. <laughs> Congratulations. You're a meathead, a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your fucking hands on my underwear. OK, after getting an atomic wedgie. <laughs> yes oh my god i love that moment so much and then all right here's another one for you because karina i know you love it evan you already won the fight ct i win every fight <laughs> so i'm gonna say that my favorite ct in air quotes quote is actually non-verbal and it comes on the back of hunter on the bus just like yelling who here can beat me and just like again and again and again having a tiny little temper tantrum about <laughs> who here can beat me and in the back of the bus you see ct raise his hand and say nothing but just raise his hand for the benefit of the camera and anyone who happens to be looking at him and then lowers it again. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> we haven't talked about this person either. And this one's fucking rough is Katie. Um, oh my God. You are short, scrawny, acne face ridden fucking bitch. And you can go fuck yourself. Dude, she's. Katie sounds like fucking Tupac when she gets pissed off. Let's Dude, be honest. She's crazy. Yeah. I mean, she's he, crazy. You know, I love her though. I just want to like make that clear. I love Katie's crazy. Crazy, but she's like one of those where like you just sit back and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to fuck with that. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. sit here and watch the show. <laughs> so I like obviously there are a lot of Devin ones on my list. Oh, but yeah. On double agents, when Josh and Nani are supposed to grab those ropes to do like the helicopter thing and then you drop in the water and swim oh, to the yes. right. And then Josh tries to grab Nani's rope, not his rope. <laughs> Nani like half grabs it, half doesn't, falls into the water. <laughs> and then Josh is like, so do we just go again? And the producer's like, no, nah, man, like you're DQ'd. And then everybody is on the beach watching it. And Devin just starts laughing and yells, classic Josh, the old wrong rope technique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I'm going to be missed if I didn't. I, I'd be wrong if I didn't bring this one up since you're talking about Devin on double agents. What's what's eight times nine, Josh? It's eight <laughs> oh, times nine. Yes. Oh, my God. Are you jealous of my sweatsuit? You can borrow it. If you're jealous of my sweatsuit, <laughs> yeah, you but, could ask to borrow it. Yeah. And oh the absolute God. inflection, not only on Big Brother Sucks, which so perfect, but the inflection on Eat My Ass as he walks yes. away is yes. just pure Devin Gold. It's amazing. It's amazing. 
Um, no, but kind of, kind of going back a little bit. Um, and this is one that, this is one that was actually submitted in the challenge trash talk, um, group. I'm trying to think, I want to say it was actually tyranny, um, from our team for anyone who doesn't know. Um, she admins the groups. She hasn't been able to make it here onto an episode with us yet. Um, but you can catch her in our groups. Um, but anyway, I want to say it was her. I'm trying to scroll and find it uh it was her okay (laughs) um but this is one of my favorite quotes too and this is actually going back to um rivals when ct and wes were getting into it and they had that huge fight um and then the next morning ct just starts in on wes again in the kitchen and it flips over to paula's confessional and she said i came down for pan for pancakes but ct came down for blood and i freaking love that quote so much and it's always made me giggle uh another paula one is when uh i think it was i want to say it was rivals too where banana fucked up on that uh that one i think i think it was a daily she just goes in her confessional papa's getting old <laughs> paula paula was fucking undercover funny and Dude, she's hilarious look, and, paula we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, there's quite a few Nelson ones. The audacity. Oh, yeah. I want to be just like that man when I grow up, when he's older than fucking Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other one? The capital of Texas where he lives. It's the city he resides. And yep. he says and he San Antonio. Um, what's another one? I'm- uh, hang on. Let me think. Um, what was it with the we're living in the, the in the 2018th century, people. We're living in the 2018th century, people. Yeah. Like because TJ FaceTimed them while they were at the house to tell them like to get packed up to go to the final. Like that one was fucking hilarious. The the long square. Why can't we just make a long square oh. from this most recent final? Like Nelson is hilarious. <laughs> fucking hilarious. And I don't even think he tries to be. <laughs> like well. Uh- and then, like, that, all I can think of any time that I think of Nelson now is actually Devin and Kyle on the balcony after Corey goes home. Yes. Oh, I used to God. walk these rocks with Corey. It's a so symbol. Good. It's a symbol of life. Sometimes it's uphill. go up, up, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. things go down. <laughs> oh God! Oh my great. God! But um, real quick, the last one that I really want to throw on, um, and then I'll let you guys kind of get through whatever else you want to add on before we move on to iconic moments. Um, but I would, I, it would just be absolutely ridiculous if this wasn't named. And this is kind of a twofer, um, because two different people in relation to the same event but this was uh also during banana backpack and this was right as uh right after it ended and it was starting to cut to all the confessionals of the cast reacting to what they had just seen and uh two of these uh these two confessionals were actually back to back and they live in my head rent free uh the first one is by brad and he says he's doing his transformer power walk with the boston mumble gosh yeah And then Dunbar follows it up by saying, and then he carries his custom made Johnny Bananas backpack all the way across the ring. And (laughs) I just think that like we can't talk about iconic quotes without naming that because that's literally where the name for one of the most iconic moments ever in challenge history came from was from that moment with Brad and Dunbar. So 
had to throw that one in there. Um, and then the very last one that I want to throw in, and hopefully I'm not like jumping in and like stepping on anybody's toes with this one. I tried to wait a while to see if it was going to be brought up and it was not. So not my fault. <laughs> um, but this one is going to be my final one. And this one was from, uh, geez, was that Total Madness? Yes. Total Madness <clears throat> with um, CT and Jay. When Jay beat CT in elimination mm-hmm. and he <laughs> at the end, they're standing there talking and they're like, you know, and Jay's like, dude, this is like a dream or whatever. CT's like, don't make it weird, bro. And Jay's like, no, no, it is. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> like, I just I love that. And like everybody always talks about CT's part of that where he's like, don't make it weird, bro. But I love Jay's response. He's like, no, no, it it, it is weird. <laughs> like Because that would be me. Like, don't tell me this isn't weird. Don't tell me not to act weird. Like, what the fuck? Like, this right. is weird. <laughs> All right, I've got one final CT one uh, that I'll bring up, and that was got it was Rivals one, and it was the six hours of CT just berating Wes, and uh, it's when Wes is trying to go to sleep, and he goes to Nehemiah, "What do I do?" Nehemiah goes, "I would just lay down." And CT goes, "Yeah, lay down, motherfucker, lay down." <laughs> it's like fuck, bro. So Young God. CT was just a whole fucking well, mind frame, and then that same well, that whole season was just ridiculous. Because then later, like a couple episodes later, we had the, you know, um, lock load explode. All right. Well, I'm going to get some hate for this one. Next uh, quote I have is, hi, my name's Car Maria and I love Abram and horses. And when Kenny was pretending to be, what was it? Kenny Maria? Is that yeah, what it was? Kenny Maria, yeah. When he had her, he had put like the little. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was crazy. Uh, uh, Tony, you got one? I've got three and then I'm out. Yeah, let's go. Um, so we've got one. That I kind of forgot about, but I needed to get a Kahadaism in there somewhere. And it was, we have a costume party and little did I know to bring a costume to a foreign country to compete in an athletic competition. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. I love him. He has like the best confessionals and everybody sleeps on him for being so friggin' funny. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like he was talking to uh, Tori and Anissa on their podcast and they his um, like his sheep had just had like all of their lambs and they were they were asking him what lambing was. And like he explained it and he said that his house looked like a precious moments Bible right now with the amount of lambs that were in there. <laughs> Love it. That's amazing. And uh, let's see here. There. Okay. So TJ, which was Bailey, you just beat a challenge beast. And Kyle, you just beat a guy who cries a lot. <laughs> TJ, TJ is so fucking great. He's bro. great, man. He's yeah. so great. I can't believe not one of you. No, brought- because that's not. No, that's not. That's not that. What do you mean? That's not that. Yes, it is. No, it's, it's an not. iconic quote. You have it on your fucking that is shirt. Bigger than a quote, and we will get to it. I have it on my list too. Okay, I just whatever. That was a so here. ass moment. Okay, that was a whole ass moment. With that being said, I know how our fandom lies, so I wanted to make sure I brought up some people that don't get love on our our podcast. First one being Jemmy. Ketchup is legitimately my biggest fear. Fucking hilarious that anybody recognizes ketchup as being their biggest fear. So I will put that in there because following that, I believe she gets chased or that's when she's getting chased by night with when, ketchup. That's yeah. when night's a tiger. Second, um, I am going to bring up two women that uh, one that we just don't like. One woman we don't 
really like here and they're not big fans of. And the other one who is banned and rightfully banned. Um, and I believe it was on Invasion and Amanda and Camilla. And she goes, that's not an accent. You're from fucking Nebraska. It's a fucking speech impediment. Love that line. And just because it's said to Camilla. So I'm going to go with those two. And then, um, gosh, I don't know. I don't think I have any more other than, um, and this is going to lead us into this because this is comes from one of the most iconic moments, but it is bananas. I think I'm going to take the money and run, Teach. I would like to point out that also during that scene, bananas also said, there is no way that I would have made it to the final without Sarah as my partner. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I think that is a perfect time to lead us into segue. Uh, well, I think considering, in fact, you cut Tony off and he was still in the middle of telling a quote that we should probably let him finish. I <laughs> fucking apologize. I didn't catch it. Sorry, guys. Go ahead, Tony. No worries. So it is technically a moment <laughs> that we won't actually, that isn't like really an iconic moment. But as we may have noticed this evening, I love Devin. Um, so when Devin, gets, when Devin gets sent home first on Dirty 30 mm-hmm. and Corey, TJ asks him why. And Corey is like, I can't trust him. And Devin responds with, I mean, that's fair. If we're, be- if we're being totally <laughs> realistic, my plan was to be saved, pretend to be on your team and then try to stab you in the back. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, I feel like the last two seasons, anytime Devin's on, it could have made this, you know, the simple fact of in the final. No, guys, it's over. I won the final. You guys just stay down there. Don't worry. (laughs) I I won the million. It's good. It's all good. (laughs) Like, there's the thing, too. No, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I was just going to say, like, there's there's so many quotes like we are missing so fucking many yeah. amazing quotes, confessionals, um, you know, so don't you know, don't tear us apart too bad. Um, we're we're doing we're doing our fucking best. OK, See, uh, well, I think a good at, I'm sorry, Tony, everybody's getting cut off tonight. I'm going to let you no take worries. this one. I was just going to say, despite the fact that Kyle is one of the funniest people on the show none of us have given a single kyle quote we have it's because they're hard to find like i know that they're any season that he's in he has yeah. awesome confessionals and he has really funny things to say and i always laugh anytime that he's on the screen yeah but i like i tried to search for like a best of thing and i couldn't find anything and i tried to bounce around to um like funniest moments and stuff like that and then he wasn't in any of them other than just sort of like in scenes right and i just could not figure out um how to find kyle quotes Hmm. yeah i think uh i mean i can think of moments it's just like i can't really think of like any specific quotes but you know like the like in this recent season like the 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 mucus the moment with amanda where they were talking about the mucus plug um you know like that was fucking hilarious um and he wasn't even trying to be funny but that shit was hilarious Yeah, and I think that's one of the things is it's not like iconic. He's just fucking funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. With his wit. Um. So with uh with the bananas quote and that uh, kind of wraps up where I'm at for quotes. Yeah. I know there's a shit ton more, and I think uh when this uh when this episode releases, we'll put something up on social asking you guys to let us know what your favorite quotes from the challenge are, or any that we missed. Yep. Um. Anything like that. Um. Yeah. We'll put. We'll definitely have that up. We'll definitely put that up. Yeah. So make sure to go check out our IG Challenge Fandom Podcast. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter, which I believe right now is challenge underscore fan underscore. Yes. 
So uh, make sure you guys are following us. And also while you're doing that, fucking rate us five stars. You're already listening to us. Yeah, might as well. Do it. Um, okay, guys, without further ado, let's get into what we're really here for. And that's mm-hmm. to talk about the most iconic moments in challenge history. Now, with that being said, uh, I know I was going to say this a little bit earlier, but we did not come up with like, you know, oh, the number five most iconic moment because these are all subs- so subjective. We're all going to have different views based on favorites and things like that. Yeah. So um, they're not going to be in any certain order. In fact, we're just BSing. Yeah. In fact, my first one that I'm going to bring up is from my last quote, which is from Bananas. And it's actually what got me back into watching the challenge when me when me and Karina first started dating, mm-hmm. which is from season 28, which is Rivals 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bananas uh, winning the final with Sarah and then deciding to keep the money telling TJ he's going to take the money and run Tej. Um, that one right there solidified my fandom again and brought me back into the fold as a challenge fan and avid watcher. Um, because up to that point, I don't think anything like that's ever happened on reality TV like that. No. And, you know, the fact that it's the poster boy of the show, the guy who's won seven championships, um, arguably the poster boy. I mean, I know it goes back and forth, but right. Um, and the fact that he took the money from arguably one of the sweetest girls on the challenge because she booted him the year previously, but he would have done the same thing. Speaking of iconic moves, we yeah. get to that one. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> uh, it's just one of those situations where I find it um, definitely up there. I know, like we said, it's subjective, but hard to argue with uh, bananas taking the money and running. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is it's like, you know, it, it is subjective, but I think it's subjective to like whether or not you agree with bananas taking the money or whether or not like you would take the money. But I don't think that that moment being like iconic and legendary in like the entirety of the show, that's that's not like Up even debatable yeah. in my opinion. Like you can't debate that because again, like you said, nothing like that had ever been done in reality TV up to that point, at least like not to my knowledge. And they definitely never done anything like that in the challenge before. I know that for damn sure. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely an iconic moment. And I think it was even more so surprising because of the friendship that they had. And it seemed like they had solved that friendship that season and worked so well <laughs> together. Yeah, I, I no, I agree. Yep. And I, honestly, like I was more surprised at how many people were surprised. One, like it's fucking Johnny Bananas. Like anybody who thought that he would split the money was, in my opinion, like just kidding yourself. And two, what really tipped me off is if you think about it, um, because this was a situation unlike um, you know, another money steal that we'll, we'll I'm sure we're going to talk about here just shortly. Um, <clears throat> but this was a situation where TJ told them ahead of time, like they knew when they started the final that there were going to be points at each stage and that at the end, whichever partner had more points would be the one who got to make the decision on if the money was split or not. And so Sarah was continually asking Bananas what he was like, where his head was at, what he was thinking, like all of this. She was continually asking him this throughout the entire final. And she's even said in uh, interviews on podcasts and stuff that 
she when they got to the because bananas wouldn't answer her you know he wouldn't give her a straight answer so like that right there should have been like assigned to her like duh um but she has said numerous times in podcasts that she got to the finish line and she literally considered stopping right outside the finish line and not actually crossing it because that would have told her like hey i am the winner i came in first place but i'm not gonna let this guy take all this money you know what i mean so um i mean she does that then that right there is the most iconic moment of all time yeah Unfortunately, oh, yeah. she didn't. But uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's uh, one of my most iconic moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Well, and kind of just leading off from that um, or I guess rewinding from that would be the reason that we were even put in that situation where Bananas and Sarah were partnered together would be from Battle of the Exes 2 when Sarah and Jordan were partnered and Bananas and I believe it was Nani <clears throat> were partnered and they had like work together the whole season um you know as an alliance and then i believe this was the last elimination right before the final sarah and jordan were the power couple and they decided to throw bananas and nani into an elimination where bananas and nani ended up losing um and i mean it doesn't seem like it just seems like, oh, you know, somebody voted somebody into elimination, like alliances break up at the end of the game all the time. But Bananas took it really personal. He took it very personal. He was very upset over it. Um, and, you know, obviously that is what put us in the situation to have them as partners on Rivals 3, where he then, you know, gets his quote unquote revenge and take Sarah's money. For me, like Bananas chose to be upset about it. Like yeah. the thing, the thing that gets me about rival, like about that, which leads to him taking the money is the fact that if you look at anybody who considers bananas to be a quote unquote mentor who, or who has said that they've learned from bananas, that they've like, that they've sort of figured out their gameplay based on how he plays yeah. the standouts being Tony and Sarah. Yeah. Both of those people put bananas in. Yep. In doing so, both of those people said, if you were in my position, you would do the same thing. Exactly. So that tells you right there that the two people that he says he is closest to Mm -hmm. and who would know his gameplay better than others. Both of them said you would do the same thing. So he's choosing to play the victim towards Sarah. Because he could do, because he always says it's a game. All's mm-hmm. fair in the love, war, and the challenge. Yep, exactly. So he could very easily take her putting him in as a brilliant game move. Mm-hmm. And instead, he decided to be the victim so that he could come in with, and obviously he didn't know that he was going to be paired with Sarah this next time around. But right. when he when he came in, he came in with a plan. There's no way that he was ever not going to take the money. Um, no, it didn't matter. He would come up with a reason. And that's neither here nor there like that. It's gameplay. Yeah. And I don't agree with it, but I'm not surprised by it. And right. I don't discredit the gameplay move. I don't agree with it because of how well they worked all through the season yeah. and how they would not have made it to the end without one another. And they right. were very much 
equal partners in it and they supported each other and really kind of made sure that they both got to the end. Yeah. So they were a functional team. Yeah, they they were. Yeah. And like the only person because I actually just rewatched this this afternoon, the only person who said I would have taken the money as well was his cousin. Fence, yeah. Everybody else said that like they would have. And obviously, like you could say you split the money when you don't have the option to make that decision. But right. every other person was kind of surprised that he did it while not being surprised because it's bananas. And Vince was just like, it's $275,000. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 a crazy moment, um, you know, and I mean, it was definitely the first time that we saw something like that happen, but it was not the last, um, you know, that kind of leads us right into Ashley on Final Reckoning. Um, and this one, uh, this one is a little bit different because Ashley and Hunter did not work well together. No. Um, I mean, they did well. They did all right in the competitions and stuff. But as far as like having like, you know, good team morale, uh, good communication, you know, stuff like that. It, it, it trash, absolute trash all the way around. And Hunter, you know, treated her like trash and she treated him like trash, too. I'm not going to act like Smashly yeah. was perfect. You know, she she's not. Um, and so but anyway, so the the biggest thing with this one, though, is that there's such a huge controversy in the fan base over this one because of the eating challenge in it. So because they ate as partners and they had to complete their plates as partners, it wasn't like an individually timed thing. So none of that counted. And had it been an individually timed station where they each had their own portion that they had to complete, obviously Hunter would have smashed that and the final result could have been different. Um, you know, so there's a lot of controversy that surrounds this one. But yeah, man, Ashley went in and and she ended up beating Hunter. Um, I can only imagine it was by a very small amount, considering that her and Hunter as a team only beat Joss and Sylvia by like less than two minutes. Um, so that tells me that she beat Hunter within like seconds maybe up to a minute you know and it was probably in like running like she ran faster than him (laughs) so you know what i mean um well and that that whole final leads into a conspiracy theory oh yeah which is one of the most iconic conspiracy theories there is yeah uh we won't go into that because we're saving that but yeah we're actually gonna we're actually looking at doing doing uh yeah but anyway with, but that is a great moment, and it I think it really kind of solidifies Ashley as, you know, one of the main parts of the show. One of the main yeah. characters for yeah. years to come, no matter what. Well, she put she put herself in a different league. You know, she sits in, in a bracket alone with Johnny Bananas as being the only two to have ever taken the money. Because even if you think about it, you know, second and third place had had prize money, even though it wasn't large amounts. Second and third place had prize money and they also got to choose who, whether or not they split oh, yeah. money or whatever. Yeah. And all of them split the money in Rivals 3 and Final Reckoning. And then we have the, you know, the most recent uh, situation from Spies, Lies and Allies when CT and Casey decided to give, um, you know, second and third place teams $100,000 per team. Mm. Um, you know, but- so... 
is Ashley and Bananas sit alone in having taken their partner's money. But it also puts her in uh, another very special bracket, which only three people really belong in. And that's the million dollar club. Yeah. Right. Which is Bananas herself and CP now. Um, You know, I, I love her, hate her. Same with Bananas. You know, you got to kind of respect it. Right. Yeah. She knew what she was doing. and She pulled it off. Um, yeah. So, Tony, uh, your iconic moment, please. Oh, I'm going to tag on to uh, the Ashley and Hunter situation. Um, after she takes the money, which mm-hmm. this is one of those things where bananas, I don't necessarily agree with. Ashley, totally agree with. Um, because as soon as <laughs> she said she was taking the money, there is a lovely recap of everything that she said of the video footage of Hunter doing that. And then yep. Hunter also proceeded to yep. have yet another tantrum. And yep. further proves the reason that she took the money, yep. including telling her she was going to burn in hell, um, calling her a bitch, um, saying, fuck you, a whole bunch running around the cave like a chicken with his head cut off, like not his finest moment. Um, some would argue <laughs> it's hard to find Hunter's finest moment. Yeah. Um, me being some, but <laughs> my favorite part of that whole thing is actually a poly quote. That again, like that's this is why I really like uh, this topic is because I went back and I watched these clips. Yeah. And there's so many like little things that I did not pick up on. So Polly says, I've got to tip my cap to her because she did it. A lot of people may not agree with that. But I am not one of those people. I love that mm-hmm. quote so much. His delivery then, on that is amazing. And that he starts with a slow clap. Mm-hmm. Uh, the slow. So well played. Yeah. So well played. Yeah. 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 And I like, yeah, I'm all for it. I mm-hmm. think that Ashley did the right thing. And mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't disagree yeah. with her decision on that. No. Like, I feel like I feel like that she endured a lot. And even when she was saying it, they didn't need to recap. Because I remember even watching it, the part where he goes, if she, you know, does something, yeah. I'll fucking I'll kill her family. Well, shit think, like that. You I, know? Th- I don't even if I remember correctly, they weren't even like fully recapping it. It was because he was like screaming at her in the thing. And he's like, I never said that. I never said that. And so then they flipped. Yeah. Show you that, yeah, asshole, you did say that. Yeah. And yeah, they did a montage and then he did that. Sorry. And then he reenacted it. Yeah. 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 So and <laughs> I was honestly very surprised he came back the following season. Not surprised we haven't seen him since. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, to kind of go off that, I want to go uh, to another iconic moment involving Ashley. But this one uh, is not involving a final. This is actually right before the final on uh, Invasion of the Champs. And they had to do this like kind of almost like a mini final mm-hmm. uh, called Curry Run. Oh, curry up. Yeah. yeah. Curry up. Curry up. That was it. Yeah. I think they had to run what it was five miles round trip. So two and a half miles to the food checkpoint where they would have to drink extremely spicy curry, kill yes. it, and then jog two and a half miles back uphill. to uphill to drop off puzzle pieces to go to the next checkpoint to drink even more hot curry. Yeah. And then in turn run two and a half miles back and drop off those, then solve a puzzle mm-hmm. as you literally burning alive from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyways, and this also involves bananas and bananas being the prankster that he is. 
Besides that, it would be hilarious to steal Ashley's toilet seat and then put it on a floaty and push it out into this little lake lake that's right behind their house. And uh, And it was gross, too. That lake, the water. Oh, yeah. Nobody's swimming in that. You're catching something. Um, But the way that Ashley melted down over that. And and look, I'm going to be honest. I don't blame her. Like, I know what it's like to have some uh, issues going on, and I'm sure most (laughs) of our our listeners can, too. In fact, if you're over the age of 28, you know what we're talking about. Go to Taco Bell and you'll find out if you don't. (laughs) Um, But he uh, took her toilet seat, and after eating a whole bunch of spicy curry, she uh, she was having a little IBS. And not having a toilet seat was not a good thing. And she melted down like she was ready to leave because she's like, and this should have been one of, in one of our quotes. He took the one thing that comforted me, <laughs> like the toilet seat. That made me feel better. Like, I don't give a shit if there's a toilet seat or not. I'm, I got to go on. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hovering. I give a fuck. Be a helicopter over that thing. Yep. But yep. Uh, one of my favorite moments of Ashley Mitchell, um, it barely beat out the moment in, I believe it was Rivals 3, where her and Corey had to do the soap thing to get the oh. puzzle. Uh, and everybody okay. was just staring at her because I pretty sure she uh she was having an orgasm on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one. So anyways, that's my Ashley Mitchell moment. <laughs> a good one. I'm gonna I love it. go I'm gonna go for John A and, and Jasmine because you can't really mention one without the other. Yeah. And them beating Sarah in a puzzle. Yes. Oh I love yeah. it. That's that's a good yeah. one. I love it. One of my favorites. And like I'm a I'm a Sarah fan. I do yeah. like Sarah, Same. but I also adore John A and Jasmine. Yeah. And they were absolutely the underdogs in that situation. And they just came out guns blazing and got it done. Yeah. yeah and they it was did. phenomenal to watch. Yeah. It was good. Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I definitely, I think that that's a really good moment and kind of going back to like what you're saying, like I'm, I'm a Sarah fan too. Um, you know, but I don't think that it's like, I don't know, just like completely out of this world to like be a fan of somebody, but then still like be able to appreciate their losses and you know what I mean? And like what they learned from those losses, like as much as I love Sarah, like when you really look back on her time, like she's kind of a bitch, um, you know, to especially people, you know, like Caitlin um, yeah. and Siobhan and, you know, a couple of other people who were less physically uh, capable than Sarah felt that they should be, um, you know. And so it was just kind of for me, it was just like one of those things where it was like, I love Sarah, but she needed that loss. Um, she, she was way. Better. Yeah, she came back better and she was just way too in her head. Like she was so convinced that she was going to win that elimination with like zero effort. It's mine. It's in the bag, like whatever. Um, And then for her to lose and, and it wasn't even a close loss, like she lost, lost. And I again, I think that she needed that. And, you know, I think that it gave her a new perspective on that. You know, sometimes shit happens like you can be a good competitor and still lose. No, exactly. And 
So, and, and it's funny you say that because that kind of leads into the next moment that I re- I want to talk about real quickly because this is uh, another elimination moment and I feel like there's going to be a lot of these, but I think this is one of those situations that leads this guy to that Mount Rushmore on his way to the GOAT status and that's um, Jordan on free agent where he comes up and he pulls every single kill card to make sure he goes against Bananas mm-hmm. and then yep. ends up losing to Bananas. I believe it was Wrecking Wall, wasn't that he lost to bananas in that yeah, one I think so yeah. Yeah. and it was it was relatively close it wasn't like it was a blowout but it was yeah he he struggled he, he struggled struck. on the wrecking yeah. ball he couldn't keep his Gear footing grip, and, stuff yeah, on yeah. The, and his grip on the drywall and it just kept breaking you know but it's to me one of the most badass moments to see someone just like boom yeah. boom boom like i'm going no matter what well, and he had told people, you know, yeah. for like a couple of days, like leading up to the elimination, he's like, I'm going to pull all three of these. And I found it funny because then like he did a confessional about like that morning of the elimination. And he was like, I don't know why I said this. Yeah. <laughs> but he still <laughs> followed through with it, even though he was like starting to have his his second thoughts and blah, blah, blah. Still followed through with what he said. And that's why I respect that moment is like, like, even though he ended up losing to bananas, he said he was going to do something. It meant something to him and he did it anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, oh, that's awesome. And it, it showed, you know, the boldness that we all have come to know Jordan for. Yeah. You know, the bold moves that he's going to make that he really doesn't hesitate on those things and the confidence level he has unto himself with that. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, it speaks volumes of his character and who he is. Yeah. Yeah. So and and I really like that moment. I can jump right into another Jordan moment, but I think I'm going to save that for somebody else. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll let I'll, someone else go. I'll actually uh, I'll actually follow up your um, your Jordan bananas uh, free agents moment with something that is also very iconic from free agents. And that would be uh, bananas beating CT in that final puzzle, securing his position <laughs> in the final um, and ensuring that CT did not go to the final. Did um, you just talk about bananas in a positive manner beating the go- one of the goats? Yeah, it's iconic. It's like because that's the thing is if you think about it, that free agent win is and I've said this before. I've said it before a bunch of times that free agent win is one of the most iconic in history yeah. because it marked the first time somebody was able to set a new record for challenge championships. And that was that would be bananas with his fifth championship, which Durrell had previously held the record with four bananas, then won his fifth on free agents um, and, you know, took that took that uh, that record, that title. And he's held it ever since. You know what I mean? And so um, it's just a really iconic. But, but, you know, he doesn't beat CT in that puzzle and CT goes to the final. You know what I mean? Like it could be a completely different situation or, you know, even just taking it back just a little bit further, um, because this is, you know, um, also another moment and contributed, I think, to his position in the game at the point where he was able to be sent in against, uh, you know, where he was being going up against bananas. What? I just want to say before you move on to another moment Mm -hmm. about the bananas uh, in free agents, I think that is uh, one of his most iconic seasons, too, because of everything you just said. Mm -hmm. And he really earned it. Like, there's a lot of argument against in other seasons, like the island, right? And for bananas. But if you look at free agents, not only does he go to elimination multiple times that season, but he doesn't go against, I mean, there's no layups in the house, but he goes against the two other guys that are 
consistently put on Mount Rushmore with him, yeah, which is CT and Jordan. And, yeah. and yeah. that doesn't happen often where, you know, you have to go through two goats to win a final. Yeah. You know, or to win that season. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, Jordan did beat CT in a final, but not quite the same. As, as what, going against him in an elimination. Head on head, or head well, and, and all of that. Not only that, but if you look at all three of them, like all three of them were in very good physical condition that season. Mm-hmm. He was in really good shape. Jordan was in really good shape. He wasn't as like bulked up and stuff as he was for like War of the Worlds and or War of the Worlds 2 and stuff. But he was in really good shape that season. And then... So was bananas. Yeah. You know what I mean? And really, when you think about it, so was everybody. The bananas ran against in the final. Like Johnny Kiley was in good condition. You know what I mean? So like, no, that was an epic season. And that was definitely, definitely an epic, uh, epic moment there. Um, But what I was going to bring up just a minute ago. No, you're good. um, Was like I said, what kind of, in my opinion, um, when you watch everything kind of play out is what kind of uh, uh, leaned uh, CT towards kind of being in the situation that he was in um, is when he volunteered to be Cara's partner, even though she had her broken hand and he knew that it was going to put them in a position where they would be in last place and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, and I just, I think that that's, it's not a moment that's talked about a lot, um, but it is one of my favorite moments. And again, I think it just kind of goes hand in hand with that bananas thing because it's that moment with Cara and then them losing that daily eliminate or that daily challenge and stuff just kind of set into motion where CTN it up um and bananas beating him yeah in a puzzle of all things like three puzzles actually it was a set of three it was wild yeah no it was it was definitely wild um, i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in real quick because it's gonna be a quick one um because of you talking about that elimination that ct went into with Kara, where he had to do wrecking wall against leroy right mm-hmm. yeah um so i want to talk about um this moment which was with um vendettas or was it from final i think it was final reckoning actually where they're hopping from car to car leroy mm-hmm. or was that vendetta I moment, not the season i yeah, yeah. I, I don't know i feel like maybe vendetta i don't know anymore anyway so uh, it, it was a daily and the the object was that they were grouped up together i believe in groups of four and they would have to hop from one car to another and it was like 30 feet above water mm-hmm. and on top of that all the cars yeah. had were getting soaked in water and apparently like they put like petroleum jelly or or something I something. for some reason yeah. i remember that oil. like some type mm-hmm. of oil or something because they couldn't keep their footing they kept slipping mm-hmm. um and leroy takes that jump and he almost makes it and just the way he hits the back of that car is hard enough to knock the wind out of you uh, maybe yeah. even crack a rib but then the way he fell into the water and hit i mean that was one of the the few moments i've watched the show and i and the way he floated up and i was like holy shit we just saw someone break their fucking back on the challenge or something you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so to me not necessarily an iconic moment but an iconic injury to an iconic player in the history of the challenge so i I figured that was worth bringing up since we kind of had leroy in the mix there yeah cody i think uh you've you've kept the suspense growing long enough go ahead and hit (laughs) us with your iconic moment suspense sustained um sticking with leroy Mm -hmm. adding jay and that yes. elimination on double agents, which I may or may not have just rewatched again <laughs> we were on our break. Um, it's a good one. I forgot because like I, I watched it and obviously 
Leroy wins. Um, as TJ said, no one in the house could have beat Leroy at that game. But if Leroy wasn't there, no one could have beat Jay. Oh, yeah. It was so heavily edited on like with tracking shots and slow-mo and like the people watching and then TJ. And that's because it happened so quickly that the only way to actually sustain the elimination for the normal period of time they would allot for an elimination mm-hmm. was to do slow-mo and cut away and everything yep. else. Oh yeah. I think they like, it took minutes for yeah. that. If that, yeah. And it was crazy. Is okay. N- not to say, to say that that's not an iconic moment because it is, mm-hmm. but do you think that moment is more iconic than the first time Leroy does it against bananas and Nani? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. Um, I, I think because I think so. Here's the thing. I think the one against bananas and Nani probably sticks out in people's heads more one because it's bananas. And it was and, so unexpected. And it was so unexpected. Leroy yeah. had never we'd never seen Leroy compete on that high of a level before. You know, we hadn't found his thing. Right. Um, and just the fact that like he did it so quickly that bananas never even got to go. Mm. But on the flip side of that, I think that the one with Jay was much more impressive because of Jay's level of capability in that elimination. And so yeah. I think that his ver- his his version of that elimination v- against Jay is highly underrated, um, you know, in comparison when you look at everything as a whole. But I think just like if you just look at Leroy in hogtie elimination, no matter which one you look at, they're just so highly impressive that it's like it, it, it's you can't like he's it's it's one of those. It's like going against like Derek or Kyle and like a pole wrestle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like You just you know that 95 percent of the time it doesn't really matter who it is. You're going to lose. Well, and that's my thing is like sitting here, like really putting thought into it. The first one stands out because it was so unexpected. Right. And it was against bananas Mm -hmm. and it was so close to the end of that season. Like what they were only like an elimination or two away from losing from the final. Well, that was the one where Sarah and Jordan sent him in. Yeah. And And so and when you really break that down. So there's that backstab moment. Right. Bananas is going again in against his his best friend and his number one ally in Mm -hmm. the game. And it knocks bananas out of the final. Well, it is so in my only counter argument, like playing devil's advocate to both sides of it, right, is going with Tony is knowing how good Leroy was at that elimination and then seeing what that elimination was against Jay and knowing Jay was a climber and, and all these other things and how athletic he is was the anticipation really kind of amped up that. And so while I agree, uh, both moments are iconic. I think maybe it's Leroy as a whole in that elimination makes everything iconic, regardless yeah. if it's his first or second time. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I went will, way into No, it's totally fun. I will add on to that. So in contrast to being one of the last eliminations, this one was one of the first eliminations. Yeah. This is already... Leroy going on record saying he was retiring after this season. Yeah. He was the one who was safe. So he didn't even have to go in. Mm-hmm. And he chose to go in with the, like, with a strong possibility that he could have been going home right. um, against Jay because he, like, obviously everyone knows Jay's a climber, but he hadn't seen Jay in that type of elimination. Yeah. So 
could have gone either way. But mm-hmm. when he was up there and TJ does this whole, like, do you guys want to come down and get a skull for yourself? His response was that there are two people responsible for my girlfriend getting her skull. It's only fair that they'd be responsible for me getting mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's stone cold. That is stone yeah. cold. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. No, that that was that was absolutely epic. I loved that whole thing. And honestly, I just I loved the way that Leroy played that whole season. Um, I wish he had started playing that way earlier. I think that if he had, he probably would have, you know, been able to retire a, ch- a challenge champion. Um, you know, but I think that even though he's not a champion, I still think that a lot of fans like look at him on the same level as a lot of the other, you know, champions. So I think that says a lot about who Leroy is. Um, but going from there, uh, I'm actually going to break off this this branch off that we've been doing. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to jump way back to one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite all time moments. And this is actually from season 16 of The Island. And this is Evelyn's fuck you and fuck your alliance speech. And then she takes bananas. He and tells him, if you want it, you can come and get it. And I thought about putting this in the iconic quotes, but like, honestly, like this whole speech, the whole entire moment, the whole vibe, everything about it uh, was just pure gold. So like to me, like you can't just quote like one moment from that. Like it's the whole thing. And it was fantastic. It's still talked about to this day. And it was just one of the most savage moves. And I loved it. And he deserved it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to take one CT moment away from you and I will leave you the rest. And and this is a really lighthearted one and a a more recent one. Um, So it's from the very first daily of the very first episode of season 36, Double Agents. Mm -hmm. And in this daily, they have to run up this little gravel hill grab a pipe that has different colors coordinated on each end and they have to match those colors in order to defuse a bomb (laughs) um, in order to win the daily first one to defuse it wins yeah well there's a group of about i would say 15 to 16 guys roughly Mm -hmm. and they're all running up the hill and inevitably it turns into a giant wrestling match and people are grabbing at it someone's laying on the ground people are trying to grab it one of those people trying to get to it is ct well somehow ct is reaching down there and grabbing and he comes up with a shoe and he realizes he has a shoe and the shoe is of no use to him so he does what anyone does which is fuck this shoe and he goes to chuck it behind him well unfortunately for the person that was standing right behind them they had no clue and it makes it better because it is Wes that takes this one but he uh ct releases and that shoes in the air for about 0.3 seconds because it is booking it he actually tossed that thing fucking hard and it just nails west right in the fucking face it's like the whole bottom of the shoe just yeah right it's, it's not like he got hit with the laces side no he got hit with the fucking sole coming at him hot and uh what makes it even better is the fact that they fucking put like opera type music <laughs> in the background and Wes's inevitable soccer fall into the fa- fall to the ground like on his knees 
And of course, I think what really seals this is just watching TJ fucking <laughs> lose it. And they, I think they even put TJ losing it in slow motion. I mean, it is literally, I mean, it's a, it's a phenomenal, in my opinion, it's a phenomenal season. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I found it very entertaining. The whole of Double Agents. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to top what happened in episode one. In episode one's moment might be the most iconic moment of that whole season. Yeah. And uh, maybe of the last like four or five, in my opinion. Possibly. Um, so, yeah, Possibly. that is the iconic moment I want to talk about. <laughs> uh, whoever would like that's to a, go next. That's the good one. Um, I can I'll stick to that season and I will go with something that I hadn't seen that happened before which was tj invalidating all of the men's boats oh, oh yeah because of them being dickheads and not yeah. wanting to participate in that challenge mm-hmm. yeah and that just was like the, hanging out yeah that was the one where they were like uh where they were on like the cargo net right and the helicopter yeah. was like dry and they were supposed to like knock each other off and they all just like sat there and just like held on they didn't do like anything yeah. tj was so pissed and that was beautiful too because he didn't say it at the challenge he berated them a little bit at the challenge yeah and they went through their deliberations they voted Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until they got to the elimination that he was just like none of your votes count yeah now didn't change the outcome i think Um, it would have been interesting if it did amazing if it did that would have really kicked them in the ass and that's the thing is it's like I get what they were I get what they were trying to do with, you know, invalidating the votes. But I feel like it was almost like useless because it didn't actually change anything. It didn't yeah. punish anyone. It didn't. You know what I mean? Um, but it, I do like that TJ took a stand against yeah. them doing nothing in the fucking daily. So, you know, but I mean, and honestly, like that's actually not that actually, you know what? I'll talk about this next moment because it's it, it is an iconic kind of moment. Um, and it's another time that TJ punishes people for not participating um, is back in Rivals 2. I want to say it was the second episode, um, but it was that one where they had to do that like obstacle course where they were like, you know, uh, hooked up yeah. to their partner or whatever. And like, but the first part of it was that like seesaw thing where you had to put like the seesaw in between your legs and you had to like work with your partner to saw off like a little end of a stick and uh, Wes refused to participate. And so him and CT were DQ'd and then Preston. Um, and I know. I'm sorry. I just get excited because it's a funny scene. And then uh, so then the next uh, stage of it is they have to like harness together, um, you know, one person upside down, one person right side up, obviously, and uh, go through like this little like obstacle course, like maze type thing and Preston quit he does he's like I'm not putting my head anywhere near night nether regions and so he quit and so they're DQ'd as well um CT and Knight actually team up because they're like fuck our partners and they don't have a harness or anything they're technically DQ'd but CT just like picks them up and just like carries them through this like halfway through this obstacle course before they're kicked off um but anyway going to what I was what I was going to point out is at the next uh or at the end of the challenge TJ lets everybody know that the teams that were disqualified for not participating would uh have a punishment 
punishment at the next challenge. And then at the next challenge, there was a time penalty for, you know what I mean, for not competing in the previous challenge. And I think that that is another really good way for them to kind of take a stand. But I think, again, that was like a really like iconic moment because nobody was expecting any kind of punishment. Like Wes even said in his confessional, he was like, it's not a guy's day. It's a girl's day. There's no repercussions for me. Not, you know, not participating. I'm not putting my head. I'm not going to like pump this bar with CT. Like I'm good, you know? Um, and, but they ended up getting punished. So. Yeah. Um, question for you guys. Um, Cause I know there's probably about 20 more iconic moments we can run through. Um, did you guys want to like narrow it down to like our, our final three that we really want to talk about? Yeah, I could, I could narrow mine down to my final or uh, to my favorite three off of this list. There's, or if you, if you need to do like four, yeah, that's, that's fine. fine. But like, I feel like we need to set a number. Otherwise we're going to be here another hour talking iconic moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. Okay, so I'm going to go with some light hard stuff. I know which ones you're going to want to talk about. And I'm not going to talk about anything like, I don't know, like I figure just go ahead. It's fine. Well, okay, so here. Um, Trust me, the ones that I'm going to talk about, nobody's going to have written down more than likely. Challenge accepted. <laughs> All right, because I mean, there's one iconic moment that I know you're going to want to talk about that you don't want anybody to talk about. Okay. But anyways. All right. So my next iconic moment, um, once again, it's uh, it's it's really just a side moment. But here's my thing. I feel like there's one thing that's searched out more than anything else on the challenge when people are like going on YouTube to look something up. And that's the fights. Yeah. Because there have been some really brutal fights. And you guys might think, you know, which fight I'm talking about right now, because this fight is absolutely brutal. And I've never seen this level of punishment dealt out so fucking quickly. And that's when Brad got a feather up his ass and decided he was going to fuck with Darrell. <laughs> Let me just mess with the golden gloves. Boxer, yeah. You know, sounds like a good thing to do. Look, I'm going to really paraphrase and give you a synopsis, uh, a real bare, bare bone synopsis. Cause that's all you really need for this. They're drunk. Brad's shit based drunk <laughs> and decides that he wants to fuck with Darrell. Mm-hmm. They call him a bitch and all this. And he comes up over to Darrell and pushes him. And when he does that, Darrell gets up, starts pushing him back. They kind of fall to the ground real quick. And as they fall to the ground, Darrell is standing over Brad and Brad's obviously laying on his back. And you see Darrell's just his shoulder move and uh, just lightning quick hand action. And in the space of about two and a half seconds, it looks like he got about four or five punches in all to the same place on Brad's face. And that is his left eye. Yeah. And when Brad gets up and then you finally see a clear shot of it as Darrell's being pulled off him and you hear Derek screaming, fuck, you see, it looks like Brad's face has somehow surgically had a softball inserted over his fucking left eye socket. Yeah. And it is one of the most gnarly fucking things I have ever seen in my life. He was gushing blood. Yeah. In that swelling that took that. I've oh never seen anything like that before. Um, and don't get me wrong. There's other fights that are probably more overall graphic and brutal. But for the quickness and how fast this happened shows you why nobody really fucks with Darrell. I, I'd also like to point out that as soon as like Darrell hit him and then everybody was like pulling Darrell off, he like starts walking out of the room and then he yells back. He's like, why'd you make me do that, man? And that shit always yeah. fucking kills me. <laughs> 
I don't, Bro, why'd you make me fucking hit you like that? <laughs> I don't know why. Me. I don't know why, but it does. I don't know why, but like the part that sticks out other than the ass whooping is Derek. Because Derek yeah. knows they're going to win that season. He's like, fuck. Yeah. Like that's the one that kind of sticks out to me. So. That was that was a rough one. That was a really rough one. So, all right, whoever. You know. Um. So I actually have one and this one, I don't see it named a whole lot. But anytime anyone ever brings it up, everybody's like, oh, yeah, man. And that's going to be um, <clears throat> the in the duel two in the final elimination when Landon loses to Brad. Oh, yeah. And oh, my gosh, like that was insane because just the way that it all happened, because like it first of all, it's not it, that elimination wasn't meant to be super physical, but these two were getting physical with each other, like mm-hmm. to the point where TJ had to stop it a couple of times and reset them and restart them and like remind them like, hey, you guys aren't here to like wrestle each other like you guys you're just going for the for the clip um and so anyway brad ends up winning because they both get each other's clips out but as brad is getting ready to run back to his uh you know his little station where he has to clip on uh landon's ring he taps landon's uh you know little station where he's supposed to clip on brad's ring he hits it and makes it start swinging all over the place so that he has enough time to run back to his and clip his on before landon's able to get control and clip his on so landon loses and brad goes to the final um but it was one of those things that was not expected everybody had landon winning that one and had him winning the whole final which Honestly, he probably would have. And it's the one season that Landon has played that he did not go to the final and win. He's played four seasons and then he's been to three finals and won all three finals. So the chances that if he made it to that dual two final that Evan would not have won, would not have been the male winner is really high. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ifs in that situation, obviously, but uh, agreed if Landon makes that final, he wins it. But at the same time, if CT doesn't get kicked off. True. Yeah, the whole season could be a way different. Way different. But yes, that is an iconic moment. I'm I'm very happy you brought that up. And I'm glad we did back to back Brad's. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even realize that. (laughs) What you got, buddy? So I'm I've got a a two pack of Amanda um, moments. Love it. So one of them is Jenna kicking her off yes. into yes. the water. Oh, you did I have the same notice, one written down. <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't notice the first time that I watched it, obviously, because I didn't have context, is Amanda tried the exact same technique that she tried with the Amani pack with Tori, which was to just like attach herself to mm-hmm. Jenna and just try to tire her out. And she actually said that on because Jenna is such a beast that she said she just attached herself to her like a toddler yep. and refused to let go. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> Jenna eventually just started kicking her until she fell off, which was amazing. <laughs> I um, love it. And then, of course, the Manny pack, yeah. Um, yeah. which was wonderful to watch. Poetic justice. Oh, yeah. And the, the Tory Dill slash Birch crossbody. I like the Manny pack more. That's just yeah. too much. That's too much of a mouthful. It is, but Tori it's fun to Eel, say. Butch cross backpack, bus cross body. Did you just say bus? I don't even know. All right. Well, 
<laughs> Amanda backpack's good too. Yes, that one's good. Yeah. Or the was it the the Amanda yeah, Manny pack? The yeah, Manny pack. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like a fanny pack, but it's Manny pack. <laughs> Both of those are actually really really good. I like yeah. those. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, another moment that really stands out to me, um, and it's it's kind of I don't know, it's it's really manufactured, so it's hard to say it's iconic. But if you were going to talk to probably the producers or the you know the main showrunners, they would say that this is a really iconic moment because it was the first time it happened on the flagship, and these guys are you know uh, faces of the show. Mm-hmm. And once again, going back to a more or going to a more recent season, that's season thirty-five of Total Madness, and West and bananas working together after years and years really over a decade of rivalry and not liking each other and constantly going after each other Mm -hmm. uh, they undercover start working together and it might be it it might not be the best team up like because ct and west is such a good pairing you know as far as a whole season and their alliance but as far as alliance goes one of the best alliances for entertainment purposes because the dual confessions that we got um you know, oh my God. It, it was just top notch. And then the fact that what leads to this really iconic moment is the fact that it's a trivia daily. It One of the most iconic quotes from Bananas where he tells TJ to suck or his mom. Yeah, yeah. he mentioned that. Yeah, earlier, that yeah, you mentioned earlier, Tony. And yep. then so he goes in because he lost. And the person who wins that daily is Wes, who has to earn a skull and decides to go in against Bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, bananas inevitably beats Wes in uh, a light, bright game. It, it wasn't a light, bright game. Oh, no, that was it was Devin like find, the, find it was, the battery. It was find the battery. It, it, you know what it, it reminded me of? Charge the battery. You know what it reminded me of? Because it was not an iconic elimination. It reminded me of that game from The Price is Right, where you have to punch in and grab the fucking money uh, out. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. So yeah. that's what kind of reminded me of. Um, yeah. But that scene where Wes knows he's going home and him and Ban- sorry, him and Bananas are like hugging and stuff. Like that shot is just an iconic shot. And yes. it's something that I agree. I don't think any other pairing's going to recapture. You know what I mean? In the future, yeah. it was like a one time thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Okay. Um, well, I am going to um, match your friendship um, with attempted murder. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to go way back, guys. We're going to go way back to uh, Inferno. I believe it was Inferno 3 where Julie (laughs) or Inferno 2 where Julie tried to uh, tried to kill Veronica um, when they were (laughs) when they were on the um, uh, what do you call those things? Zipline. Thank you. Yeah. Where they were on like the zipline going across and she tried to unclip uh, Veronica's harness from the safety line. (laughs) Just pure unadulterated fear on Verona's kid's face is all I remember. Like, because nobody was doing anything. Dave Maris in there the whole time just smiling. Oh my God, that was so great. Oh my God, it was amazing. So that is definitely like, in my opinion, one of the most iconic moments of challenge history because like and what's really funny is that like we have a lot of those little moments with julie like she was a funny one like we have that one where 
they had to ride those little mini, uh, those little mini motorcycles down the, uh, you know, through the through the track. And you had like the two different directions. You could go the long way or you could go the short way. And the short way was like a really short and narrow board. But it went from the start line directly across to the finish line in a straight line. But it was like a really narrow board. And she's like on there. And she's like, the road to God is straight and narrow. The road to God is straight and narrow. And then she starts going and literally like not even two inches onto the board. She just floop over to the side and falls in the water oh yeah she's great like and then just a little while later she's trying to you know kill poor veronica like (laughs) that one kills me so um that one's a good one yeah no i really like that i was wondering if someone was going to bring that up oh of course so yeah but you kind of threw me off with the attempted murder because uh you had me in the first half i thought we were going in a different direction you (laughs) played it well yeah you played it that well um Tell me what you got, bud. Um, I'm going to rattle through a couple of like real quick ones that we don't really need to talk about too much. Yeah. Um, so Zach walking into the ring rather than agreeing with Amanda. Oh, fire. Damn. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Super iconic. And, like, the fact that Amanda like was in disbelief over it. And TJ was like, Amanda, come down here. Yeah. yeah. And like, she was like, I'm in my street clothes. Well, and then yeah. that's what inevitably uh, brought, you know, gave us Postigate. And it also gave Zach yeah. a broken nose, too. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was that was a great moment. Really good. And then uh, the other the other big one that like doesn't it gets talked about a bit, but it doesn't get talked about as much as it should, which mm-hmm. was Big Easy using Wes's head to ring the bell. <laughs> yes 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 that is a phenomenal good one. Wow. such so a good, good one such a, a bad showing for wes as far yeah. as like at the end just being a dick about it yeah. of like he doesn't deserve to be here he can't do anything yeah after yeah and then like then i think it was in between rounds um and then the second round big easy like edged him out just by like a second yeah that season was an off season for wes it was it not was. As good. Oh, totally. yeah it was not a good showing for him Such but that was one. a great moment in an iconic moment for big easy yeah um yeah I, I would be really upset if i forgot to bring this up because um as i've mentioned many times um i originally was a big brother fan so uh, social and strategic moves um, become very iconic to me. Now, this might not be an iconic moment for everyone else, but to me, this is the probably the the best strategic and social move that I've seen pulled off uh, on the challenge. It didn't work because of a twist. If it wasn't for that twist, it would have gone mm-hmm. completely to plan and it would have set this person's game for a long time, I think. Yeah. Um, and what I'm referring to is uh, Cam and Kaylee's plan on Final Reckoning. Yep. Which was to um, basically get everybody to vote for someone different in their ha- in the house. So, uh, for instance, Bananas and Tony, you vote for, you know, Natalie and Polly. And was it like, Final so- Reckoning or was that Vendettas at that? No, that was Final Reckoning. No, it was, it was, it was it Final, Final Reckoning. Reckoning. And you know, what she did is she... She made she everybody. A, yeah, she called a meeting and she, you like, you know, lied pretty much, but said that she was either going to vote for like Sylvia or like Brad or whatever. Named off the three teams that she was going to vote for, which then made everybody else scared to vote for them because then they would have been able to call them down. So then all the friends got together and burned their votes on each other. Cam didn't vote for any of those people. So none of them got votes. And instead she threw her vote on to 
Devon and Jose. Jose. It would, and that's the only downside to it okay. is it to, made it so that only her vote counted. And that was such a strategic and iconic move. And I think it really put people on notice in the challenge that, hey, you got to look out for these kind of moves. Yeah. The only downside to it or two downsides to it that I that I really see is one, the twist. So it didn't really work the way they thought it was going to work. Mm-hmm. Secondly, was the fact that they did this to try to get Davon and Jose out. You do why not pull a move like that on a big player? Bananas. Or, or, yeah. or Ashley. Uh, well, I don't think Ashley was in the game at this point, but well, Ashley and Hunter was the twist. That yeah, fucked up that fucked thing. it up. Yeah. But or you know, why not try to get out a Kara or a bananas, like you said, mm-hmm. or you know, somebody that's really that's gonna really pose a threat yeah. to you in the game. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. And so that's that's one of my iconic moments. And I think we'd be uh we'd we we'd never hear the end of it if we didn't bring up a cam moment. Oh yeah. So absolutely. <laughs> Duh. Um and and you kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, Corey with the Corey and Tony with the pasta. Um <laughs> like that one was yeah. was absolutely wild. But the one that gets me even more, um, and this one was actually submitted by somebody in the in the fan group. And I I always forget about this moment, but when you really think about it, it was so epic. And so iconic. And that is in Vendetta's when Tony sent bananas in yeah. yeah. against Devin. And then Devin ended up beating banana. Like the just the whole situation there was just such an epic. Like they were just it, it was for for Tony to just like flip like that was just crazy. And and it's definitely one of those moments, like I said, that I forget about. But then when I really like sit back and I think about it, I'm like, damn. Well, and I think the cold part about it, though, is like, and it's hard to say this because it involves bananas. And it's like you you never feel like karma is ever going to work on bananas side. Right. Because of all the fucked up shit he's done. Right. Um, but the fact that Tony had to run into bananas again in that final and he kind of fucked Tony and kept him from winning that that fucking little purge that they had. Yeah. Um, so the, the interesting, but yes, very iconic moment. Uh, Tony, what do you got? I was just going to say on on that as well. It was an even bigger moment that he picked bananas because he already had a beef with Nelson and Nelson was an option and right. Nelson yeah. already had a vote. Yeah. Didn't he already vote for Tony at one point in that season too? I think so. Yeah. So it was so. Um, the, the tribe, whatever the hell they were called, the three people who got a vote um, mm-hmm. were Zach, Kayla and Tony and yep. Zach started it off and voted Nelson. Yeah. And then Kayla voted bananas mm-hmm. and Tony actually started off to say, basically, like, everybody knows that I've got a beef with Nelson Bananas. You've helped me so much in this game and yada, yada, yada. And I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, Nelson, but our beef is going to have to wait. I'm voting for Bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like crazy epic. So good. Um, Yeah. Mine, I'm, my numbers are dwindling. Um, (laughs) So... Obviously, we would be laughed out of the uh, challenge fandom if we didn't at least mention uh, Joss versus Derek. Yes, absolutely. So especially because Joss didn't know any of the mercenaries that came in. No. And Derek had no idea who Joss was. And Joss basically said, I don't know who any of these people are. I'm going to beat whoever I go up against. And then they had an interview with Derek that was basically like, 
I've never seen this guy before, but I'm going to do all the guys up there a favor and fuck him up. And then it went seven rounds. The only reason that it really stopped because it went sudden death was the fact that Joss went out of bounds. Derek stayed in, but Joss thought that they both went out. So he let go and Derek just booked it. Yeah. But partway part through and like a, an awesome Joss quote, and we don't get a lot of them, so it makes it even better, mm-hmm. is I've never met such an angry little person in my life. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. I can even hear it in. I can hear it in his <laughs> voice in my head. Yep. Like when I think about it, I love that quote. So, and look, guys, there's so many iconic moments that's so hard for us to go through all of them. We're just kind of picking our favorites. And we would, uh, and and we would all feel really bad if we didn't throw out some of the really big elimination moments that we remember, which was uh, Derek versus Wes in the duel, um, yeah. where they do the pole wrestle. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one for Derek, and this is a personal one for me, is I believe it's in the duel where it's a daily, and they're on the ship, and they have to wrestle to knock the person off the plank. I, I, yeah, it's either the duel or the gauntlet. I can't remember. No, that one's a duel. The gauntlet's the one where they're down in the sand all the time. I'm almost sure because this is the one where he beats Big Easy, beats CT. So that's a duel. And I think to me that was what like put Derek is like, holy shit, he really is a pit bull. This guy is no fucking joke when he took out all of them. Yeah. Uh, another elimination that instantly pops into uh, my head is, excuse me, is um, the Cara Maria and Laurel elimination in Free Agent. Oh, yeah. Um, the car and Maria Anissa pull rifle. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Zach in the hall brawl with CJ. I mean, there are some really iconic moments. Jor- Jordan and Josh and that tug of war. To me, Jordan and Theo in the hammer contest. Yeah. The hammer with the. Yeah. Ball. I that mean, was crazy. Kyle and Theo in their hall brawl. Yeah. I mean, there are some really great iconic moments in there. I mean, even, you know, I I hate to throw it out about your guy, but or no, I'm sorry, not your guy, but uh Darrell and Zach in in their balls in an invasion. I was gonna talk uh, about I was thinking balls in thought Jay, and I was like, No, 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 that's not the right one. Right. But but the no. Zach the Zach Darrell one, because everybody yeah. kinda like Darrell's great and all, but I remember everybody thinking like Zach was going to smoke him in that because Zach's football player, like yep. a Vision One player, um, and he got smoked by Darrell on that. Oh yeah, um, that was I, a good one. And I know I'm leaving out a whole bunch of different other ones because there's just so many great I mean, ones. He's still just playing right off of that one. That that damn knot that CT made against Darrell <laughs> in the in the rope in the you know what I mean the well, rope tying. Well, Laurel versus Car Maria's balls in. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Or is that the one that they did balls in, or was that? Yeah, no, I thought it was her and Ashley K that did it. Oh, maybe you're right. You're right. That was still an epic one. Yeah, um, just it's there's so many great eliminations, and yeah, so many great moments. The Devin Bananas one. The yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just so many. Um, so we're not going to be able to name them all. No, but we wanted to get through some of those before we got to like some of our most favorite iconic moments. Yeah. And I think we've got about one to two each. Is that correct? Maybe with a few quick mentions of other ones. Am, am I accurate on that? Um, yeah, there's one thing yep. I just want to throw out. Really yeah, please. Quick, um, just as kind of like a full grouping, just because, again, um, we would be assholes and we would get ripped apart by the fandom if we if we didn't mention um, these super iconic moments. So I'm just going to run 
through them really quick um, and just kind of group them together because they all kind of have to do with each other. And that is uh, two of these are from the duel. And that is when number one, Wes became the first solo male winner of the challenge. And number two, Jody became the first uh, solo female winner of the challenge. And then playing off of that, jumping up to uh, Vendetta's when Kara becomes the first solo winner of the challenge ever. Um, male or female solo winner Um, super super iconic moments not just for the challengers and not just for the fan base but for the overall like growth of the show Um, because like the duel was the first time that we ever kind of broke away from that team format so um, you know definitely wanted to uh, to get those mentions thrown in so now we can move on to like our top couple of moments that we really want to touch on well before we do that one other thing I think because I don't think anybody has this on their list but they're important things uh, which would be Evelyn winning her third uh, her third final yeah and doing it with and in turn Paula winning her first final after so many seasons trying and winning it in a rival season with Evelyn and then turning around in another rival season and winning it with Emily Schramm yeah Um, so her getting those two wins after everything she went through uh as well as um you know I, we you already mentioned bananas doing the uh free agents getting his fifth yep Darrell winning four in a row yep um you know landon doing the three pushing carly up the fucking hill uh with his head you know there there's just yeah yeah there's yep. some great final moments as well that obviously we're not going to get all into um you know and then this last one that i want to go into it's not an elimination um but to me it's an iconic moment it's not even a fight it's just an argument that blew up and it's recent but it is war of the worlds too um where we have a guy who's won one final and is on some people's mount rushmore turbo Mm -hmm. and jordan's argument on there yeah and uh, just to give you a brief synopsis, it starts on the daily. They've finished. They're waiting for production kind of wrap up with filming. And Turbo keeps kicking the like statue that they put up or like, you know, whatever you want to call it, idol, whatever. Mm-hmm. It keeps kicking the head off. Jordan gets pissed off, kind of says something to Turbo and they get into a little altercation there. Security has to kind of break them up. But it, it seems to kind of end right there for a little bit. Kara and that side of the house start talking. Kara, Ashley, it really was Ashley, I think. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. that side of the alliance starts talking to Turbo, saying how, you know, Jordan's talking shit, go to elimination. And Turbo's all about that honor. Let's go down the elimination. Jordan's like, I'm not a fucking idiot. I'm not going down to an elimination if I don't have to. Yeah. And he's like, I've done that before and it didn't work out. Exactly. Right. <laughs> And it's not like Turbo's the guy you want to go down there, especially that no. season where there was a lot of physical eliminations that happened. Too. Yeah, no. Um, anyways, they're getting back and forth, going back and forth. And Jordan pulls a classic Jordan move. And what does he do? He goes for the soft spot. He leans back a little bit, drops his arms and starts walking with a whole bunch of swag. And all you hear is Turbo. You cannot copy my walk. (laughs) And then we get the pussy chicken chicken and a whole litany of security and turbo looking like if he gets a hold of any part of Jordan, he's fucking destroying him. And then we never see turbo again. That is the end of turbo and which very well, 
could have been one of the greatest challenge competitors of all time. Yeah. Let his pride and ego get a hold of him a little bit too much, unfortunately. But yeah. a great moment nonetheless. Tony, what you got? Zach summed that moment up quite well. This was another situation where I went back and watched it. And then there's, a, there's somebody who just kind of perfectly encapsulates it, which is there is a look in Turbo's eyes that I have only seen on the Discovery Channel's Dangerous Predators. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know what funny thing is about that season? That might be one of Zach's best season as far as yeah. with confessions. Oh, yeah. He murdered that season in confessions because... I remember him talking about uh, Ninja Natalie in that. And he's like, she's up here trying to talk about morals. This is a game about deceit. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like he was like the voice of reason that season. Anyway, sorry, Tony, please go ahead. Yeah. The other thing is it was a total like off the cuff thing. And I only just happened to notice it when Josh is the voice of reason regarding a dramatic situation. <laughs> you are in the wrong. Yes. Josh puts his hand on Jordan's chest and says, you're smarter than this. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't, but he should have. <laughs> I think Jordan knew what the fuck he was doing. Oh, oh yeah. 100%. He knew that he, his odds of getting Turbo out of that house because of his anger. Oh, yeah. Was a lot higher than beating him in an elimination or a final. Yeah. And so kudos to him for pulling that shitty across this dude's career. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so the next, uh, I'm going to actually list, um, I'm going to list three, but they all kind of just go together. Um, and that's why I'm going to do them together. The first one I'm going to talk about is quite possibly and arguably one of the most iconic moments that has ever happened in challenge history. And I say that knowing that like banana backpack exists, knowing that choo-choo train exists, knowing that Tory train exists. You know what I mean? Like this may quite possibly be one of the most iconic moments that has ever happened and possibly even just on TV, on reality TV. And that is when DM removed her wig on the duel. Um, And I think that so great. I think that this moment lives with every single challenge fan, um, new, old, young. It it doesn't matter. Um, I think that this moment has a really special place with majority of the fan base. And if it doesn't have a special place with you, then like, I don't know, you're just like emotionless and we could never be friends. So anyway, um, (laughs) moving on from that, it was just it was just such it, it was such an emotional moment. There was so much that went into it, so much that was surrounding it. Um, and, you know, for her to be put in that situation and there was so much pressure because it was like you either compete or and you either take the wig off and you're able to compete or you can't because she couldn't take her wig into the mud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so to have to find that strength that quick um to do something like that for the very first time and it's like and it's not even like taking your wig off like you know robin had given a a confessional saying that dm hadn't even ever taken her wig off like in front of her her dad actually i'm sorry that was jody that was that confessional Mm -hmm. um that said that she hadn't even ever taken her wig off in front of her dad and so like it's not like you're doing that for the first time in front of your family or in front of a close group of friends. Like you're doing it in front of like 20 strangers on TV where millions of people are going to be watching this. And like just 
yeah, I, I could go on forever and ever about this, but um, definitely an iconic moment. And then that also leads into the iconic CT and DM kiss on the cliffs um, where CT talks about how, you know, he wants her to feel comfortable with him and he makes her take her wig off so that he can kiss her and not the her behind the wig and all of that. So that was another just absolutely iconic moment. Um, and then that obviously leads us into them being exes and competing on Battle of the Exes where they made it to the final and they were literally within grasp of winning that final together when CT gassed out on that mountain and they lost two bananas and uh, she who shall not be named. So those are my three iconic like CT and DM moments. I just wanted to get those thrown out just because like I, I just feel like they're one of the most iconic couples that's ever been on or come out of the challenge. And for us to not talk about their, you know, their biggest moments um, aside from, I mean, I think, you know, obviously you can tack onto that, them coming back for Battle of the Exes 2 and then him leaving to go be with her. Um, I like to think more you know, about but, that season, uh, Exes 2, and when he's being really sweet because she went to the hospital and he talks about like, she's talking about going to the hospital. I don't know. That sounds like baloney to me. I know I'm not saying it right, yeah. but like kind of along those lines, like to me, like that, I got some questions for her. I ain't yeah, like the whole hospital. I'm going to be, thing. I'm going to be waiting for her in her bed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or, or like in, uh, I, I think it's rivals too, where he's like, you know, you want to, or maybe it's about the exes one where he's like, do you want to go up to your room, talk strategy or whatever? Like, <laughs> it, like it, they're just really cute moments, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they, the challenge isn't a challenge without CT and DM in those in those early or earlier years. I agree. I agree. So I just wanted to get those thrown in. I do have a couple more, but I'll let you guys go before I mention my last few. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Tony. So I've got I've got three rattle through super quickly, and then I've got two that I'm gonna hold on to because I have a feeling that Karina might have at least one of them. Um, <laughs> so. Pizzagate, obviously, everybody knows it. I just oh wanted God. to mention the the whisper from Marie before she throws it of, here's a piece of me, and throws <laughs> the boxes of pizzas onto the bed, um, <laughs> which is just beautiful. Very poetic. Um, <laughs> then we've got Devin we lost Walker. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just forgot about that. Was, yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, I love Marie. I get yeah. it. That's what I like about going back and rewatching those moments is like you remember the moments, but you forget those little nuances to it. Um, mm -hmm. And that was perfect. Yeah. And then, mm -hmm. I mean, Devin Walker rattling off the 20 digit. Yes. Code yes. Just by himself. Yeah. Um, then flipping to other Devin and uh, Wig Tamara's funeral. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I love that moment so much. So good. Oh, With bananas I love in it. a banana costume. That was amazing. How did, what, yeah. why did he have a banana costume? Like he just happened to have that with him. That's why. That's the weirdest thing. I think, yeah. It's, I mean, it's bananas. Um, yeah, that's true. I think he yeah. had it for the costume party and then he. Yeah, I guess you're right. Cause they did have that. That was the season that they had the big costume party. So yeah. That yeah. Makes and sense. I think okay. That's where the Kahuta quote came from from earlier. Right. I was that yeah. same season. So he just had it. And I guess, I mean, if <laughs> oh you God. don't have 
if you don't have a proper suit to wear to a funeral, I guess you wear a banana suit. I like it. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, those are those are my three that I'll rattle through. And then if if nobody mentions the other two by the time that we're done, I will mention them. Perfect. Um, why don't you mention your ones that you want to rattle off? I have my one final one that I want to talk about, which is the final that I find the most impressive. Okay, so I have, I have, okay, so I have two of mine. Okay. And then I have the two big ones. Why don't Nobody, you do the two of yours then? The right? two of mine? Yeah, okay. and then we'll, we'll leave your, you or Tony for last. I'll go first in my big one. Okay. okay. So um, my last two, um, and these are, and obviously like, and, and we'll touch on the the, the really big ones, um, but I'm kind of excluding like the big, you know, like the banana backpack and stuff like that, which obviously we'll mention here in a minute. But um, these, these last two um, are both TJ. And the first one is probably one of the most like epic lines that's ever been said in challenge history. It's literally on the shirt I am wearing right now as we are recording. Um, and that is don't take care. Hope to see you never. And the reason I did not mention this in the iconic quotes is because like, I just feel like this was a whole moment because of like what was going on with the situation for why he said it, like everything going on with Brandon and then like, you know, him leaving because of his girlfriend and then his partner, Brianna, also having to be sent home and just how fucking ridiculous the whole situation was um, <laughs> that gave us this epic line from DJ. I just kind of felt like it was more of a moment than just like a quote. So um, I'm going to rattle through a few two. TJ things just because I think it's it's needed unless you guys have TJ as what I have final team. my second one is also TJ I too are also TJ okay then I will not say TJ I'm just gonna <laughs> say my final thing then um now I know this isn't might not be anyone else's most iconic moment but to me it's extremely impressive I think it sets in motion this this feeling that a lot of the fan base has that Jordan is a top three or four all-time player and don't get me wrong winning on War of the Worlds 2 was impressive winning on Battle of the X's 2 was impressive but the final on Dirty 30 is arguably the most impressive thing I've ever seen anyone do in the final and just to kind of explain why I feel this way the very first part of this final is they have to skydive and land in a desert terrain not grass but rocks and dirt and as Jordan is skydiving with the pairing he has the guy on his back who's kind of guiding where they're going to land they come in way too fucking hot way too hot and too low and when they swing down Jordan takes the majority of the impact and you see him and the other guy just hit the ground and then fly back up in the fucking air because they're going so fast and hit so hard and Jordan comes down and it's pretty obvious that he breaks something. Yeah. It's not like a, a absolutely detrimental break where he can't. It's not like it. a, like a Casey and double agent. No, but, but it's, it's, he, a, he hurt himself real good. Yeah. He hurt himself. And, uh, anyways, long story short, he's got a broken bone. It was confirmed. Mm -hmm. Um, and not only does he have a broken bone, but he runs one of the hardest finals up to that point in dirty 30, which is a two day final. 
at an elevation of, I think they believe, I believe they said something close to like 8,000 feet where they were because they were in the. Yeah, something like that. I don't have the exact numbers, but I know the 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 elevation that they were at and talking to the people we've talked to, like Tori, who was there, um, she said it was just absolutely unreal. CT, who is a beast in the finals, could not catch his breath the whole time because of that. I mean, obviously, he's a smoker and that plays a part. But mm-hmm. when you're at that elevation, nothing's going to help. They also had to switch partners and he had to switch between Car Maria, Camilla and Tori. All three of them not great at puzzles. Tori was not good at puzzles at that time. The other two have never really been good at puzzles. Yeah. Uh Tori being the only one that can really hold herself in composure during high stress situations. The other two women, they cannot. Jordan not only dominated that final against two of the other goats in this uh, game or Mount Rushmore, which Mm -hmm. is Derek Kay, but also CT. Yeah. And it wasn't from everything we've been heard or we've been told and heard. It was not close. It was a fucking route. Jordan smoked them. Yeah. Um, So to me, doing that, all of that alone, doing it on a broken leg. Yeah. Would have been impressive alone. It would have been an iconic moment. But mm-hmm. the fact that he did that with a broken leg, I don't, I can't really name a performance that's more impressive to me than that. Um, so that's my most iconic moment. I love it. Thank you. Yay. Without further ado, <laughs> Tony. So, I mean, TJ's been with these guys and gals for years now, and he's gotten to know them fairly well. I mean, he does keep it separated because obviously he's the host and he can't really be biased in those situations. Mm-hmm. But after Nelson gets eliminated by Kyle in the final, which was honestly for me just as heart wrenching as Casey and Nani going against wow. one another. Yeah. Because both guys wanted it so incredibly bad. Um, TJ's pep talk to Nelson was like it it was separate from the game. It was a friend talking to a friend and just like it does get better. It sucks right now. You're going to come out the other side of it. And for TJ to know what he needed in that moment and basically just ignore the fact that they were on a TV show and to just focus on on Nelson in that moment is huge. And it's why TJ is as awesome as he is. I agree. I agree 100 percent. Look, um, there's a lot of iconic moments that are like physically very impressive, um, you know, situationally very impressive. Mm -hmm. But there are very few moments in the challenge where there is a moment that is bigger than the show. Right. Yeah. And it seems like one person consistently hits those moments. It doesn't happen. Consistently isn't the right way to say it, but there's one person that hits those moments for the challenge. And I haven't seen anyone else do. And that's TJ Lavin. Yeah. And honestly, probably one of the greatest scenes I've seen from TJ in or any part of the challenge in the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. And I mean, and that's the thing is maybe not even just from TJ. Like it was just such a touching moment. Like you said, away from the show on a real level, on a on a level that literally everyone can relate to. Because if you haven't given that pep talk, you've gotten that pep talk. It transcends. You know, whether it was from a parent, a friend, an aunt, an uncle, whatever, you know, a coach. Um, you know what I mean? You've either had that pep talk in your life or you've given it to your kids, your nieces, your, you know, little ones that you coach or like whatever it is. Like everybody can relate to that moment. And not only that, but 
I think pretty much everybody can relate to what Nelson was feeling. You know, we've all been in those moments where we lose and it feels like the end of the end of the world. It feels like you're never going to win ever again, you know, and it's hard to bring yourself out of that moment. And so for someone in TJ's position where he has no obligation to these people, he's doing a job, he's getting paid and technically he shouldn't be breaking these walls, um, you know, breaking that wall to talk to these challengers and stuff, especially while they're actively filming an elimination. And he's like, fuck that. And, you know, this is a real person who's hurt. And TJ can't deal with that. You know what I mean? Like, I think we've all learned about TJ is that he's a lover and he's a giver, Um, you know, and I think that that's why TJ means so much, not just to, you know, us as fans, but to the actual challengers, which, you know, brings me to my most iconic moment. And that is from Rivals when um, DJ came back after his coma that he, uh, you know, that he got after his wreck in the, um, it was the, uh, the mountain, the dew tour in Vegas in 2010. And, um, you know, the cast didn't even know if TJ was going to be hosting that season. Nobody knew if he was ever going to host again, if he was ever even going to host again. I mean, for people who don't know, I mean, you can read, you can look up, there's a lot of videos, there's a lot of stuff, but if you don't know what happened, just very briefly, he crashed. Um, and he was, uh, put into a coma and he had to relearn everything from walking, writing, uh, you know, reading, like all of that stuff, playing a piano, like he had to relearn everything. And so for him to come back and surprise the cast the way that he did and just the way that that they reacted is it's I I don't even know what kind of word to put with it. Like, I want to say like it's heartwarming, but it's so much more and so much bigger than that. I think, I, I mean, the only word that pops into my head and, and I said it briefly interrupting you earlier and I apologize for that, but it's TJ is the one person on this show that transcends yeah. the challenge yeah, exactly. to something bigger. Exactly. And, and and that's why when I went to say consistently, I stopped and I said, it's not consistently, but he's the only one that I've seen do it. And it's two, two times that I can really think of, which is yours yeah. and the one that you said, Tony would know. Well, and yeah. then, I mean, and then I, there's a bunch more, honestly, but another huge one is when he gave Anissa his jacket in the duel. That was the beginning you know what I mean? of it. Yeah, like, that was another yeah. moment he broke down that wall and he did something for another human that he saw was hurting and that he wanted to help them, Um, you know, but. Anyway, going back to his return on Rivals is I, I think that it's I think that it's very um, it's very representative of the of maybe not the show, but of how TJ represents the show and what he thinks it should be. Um, you know, he's always preaching about, you know, not quitting and, you know, doing your best and showing up every day and that you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And I think that him coming back and the way that he came back, um, you know, was a really big inspiration for the challengers, for the fan base, and probably for everybody who worked with TJ on that season and, and you know, any season moving forward. Um, So, I mean, obviously, you know, we we have Banana Backpack. We have the Choo Choo Train, Lock, Load, Explode, Choo Choo. Um, You know, and obviously those are like the huge iconic moments that everybody and their mother knows about and talks about. Um, but for me, this this moment with TJ, this return after his injury um, is just something that to me, no other moment in challenge history can talk. Yep, that was my other one. So that's why I had 
went with Nelson and left that one. Oh, thank you. So, Tony, why don't you go ahead and tell us about that Jenny West elimination now? Oh, <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> just fuck you with you. Let me, let me uh, bring out my notebook. Yeah, right? no, no, I was just giving you shit. Like, we can't go from TJ to Jenny now. You yeah. know, like it's it's the wrong time. But yes, we'll, we'll. I don't know, but I think I think this was the right way to go about ending this because, yeah. look, like you guys said, there are some really well known moments like the choo choo train, like the bananas backpack, like you know, fuck bananas win his. Second Durrell and A. Durrell and A. CT winning his fifth. Durrell winning his fourth. You know, like there's some really huge iconic moments. Um, but the two moments that transcend the show and make it bigger yeah. is from the host. And I think that is appropriate because, look, uh, cast members come and go. But the one thing that's uh, constant since season 11, TJ Lavin. TJ Lavin. We love you, TJ. And he looks like he's going to be consistently hosting CBS The Challenge. Yeah. See, uh, Paramount Plus is all stars for one more season at, at minimum because we have All Stars 3 on May 11th. Yeah. And then uh, dates to be determined. But from what I've been seeing, it looks like filming is going to take place in... Uh, late April, early May. I've I've been seeing season thirty eight is going to start yeah. filming in May because All Stars is going to start airing May eleventh. Mm. Um, TJ is is leaving on March twenty second to go film the CBS special in Argentina. Um, and then they are slated to then start recording. I would think it would probably be like mid May that they'll start, like second week of May, just because if he's not even leaving till towards the end of March, filming time, quarantine time, all of that for the CBS special, it'd be really difficult for them to start filming a month later at the end of April. So I think they're going to probably start filming more mid to end of May. Um, for 38 and and you know what I mean and then yeah and I might have the dates off I think I might have read something that maybe final casting calls are going to go out at the end of April like uh, yeah that's that's quite possible because they've said availability calls have already gone out but not final casting calls which will probably you're right be at the end of April filming sometime in May yeah. That means we'll probably get a season, I'm assuming August, season 38 is my um, If they're filming in May, yeah, I would say August or September. I'm just hoping that they stack these right because I'm hoping it's not one of those things where it's like All Stars 38 and CBS special are all running like at the same time, well, like overlapping yeah, each they're other. They're not going to be able to be. Well, I mean, I guess they could. They could do this All Stars CBS challenge, then 38. And have them all a little bit overlap, but I hated the way they did All Stars two and thirty seven. Like I hated it, it when All Stars two and, or when thirty seven ends. Then give me the first episode of All. Yeah, Star- like yeah. the like when you start the final on thirty seven. Give me like I'll be okay if you. It's like like that, right? Yeah. Like the final episode of thirty seven that week. All Stars All Stars episode one airs. Like I'd be cool with just that. Wait till, just wait till you're watching Survivor as well. Uh, And then because last season it was Survivor and the challenge aired the same night. And then Uh we would watch we would watch um, I think we watched the challenge day of 
we watched Survivor the next day and then All Stars was the day after that. Yeah. Well, and we're uh, we're going to be watching Survivor. Yeah. Her Survivor season live this season. I'm so excited. I finished up two with her um, because I, I'm about halfway through three. Two is the only one that I actually caught that uh, like a couple episodes live. And the only reason yeah. I remember that is because the guy falling in the fire. I remember seeing that happen live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I because I told her about that. So I finished that with her um, just to see what was going to happen with uh, what's the girl that you didn't like. Jerry, Jerry, see what happened with her and Elizabeth and all that. And I've been catching a little bit of three while she's watching it. I I'm I'm watching it, but I'm going to wait till we get to the later seasons to really kind of get in, because then I feel like we're going to have more. I'm going to have more uh, interesting cast cast members that could come back sooner. You know what I mean? Yeah. With that being said, let's wrap this up. Get Tony out of here. Um, So. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in, listening to us uh, bullshit about our most iconic, our favorite iconic quotes, our favorite iconic moments. Hopefully we were able to cover some of your favorites, maybe introduce you to some ones that you didn't know about. Or remind you of ones you forgot about. Yep. And on top of that, um, you know, we know that you probably won't agree with everything. Um, and you might not agree with anything at all. Uh, whatever the case is, let us know. Yeah. Um, like I said, come find us on Instagram. Come find us on Twitter. Come find us in Facebook. Uh, Challenge Trash Talk uh, is a group. Uh, there's another group called the Challenge Fandom. And then make sure you follow our page, the Challenge Fandom Podcast as well. And then as always, guys, do us a solid. Leave us a five-star review. Download the episode. Um, tell your friends. Yeah. If you like us. Yeah. If you don't, you're a hater. I'm kidding. I love you guys. <laughs> Anyways, for myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife, Karina. And as I said earlier, our stats guy, our guy in the van, our version of Max in the van, <laughs> Tony motherfucking Lane. <laughs> guys, girls, whatever your pronoun may be, thank you for tuning in tonight. And you guys have a good one. Take care. Later. Bye. Bye.